0: Welcome to episode 460 and 3 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host Clark Little. Along with me as always is the man sitting across the table from me. It is Russell John the Fisherman.
1: Hi, happy Halloween, happy October, happy spooky season to everybody and, and everyone.
0: And also happy appropriate weather for spooky season to you, sir. Yeah. yeah. As we are finally out of our, uh, what do they it? Indian summer?
1: I don't know if we're really out of it. It's been brutal, though. It's been
0: brutal well again i don't like i feel like that the rest of the country had a horrible horrible summer uh while we were uh enjoying our 71 degree uh july weather that's fair. so uh you know if we have to stomach three days of 90 degree heat um i'll take that
1: but we don't have air conditioning true yeah so you know even 88 it's like what do you do you just bake there's
0: nothing that's it yeah you wake and bake Welcome to the Clark Little Lifestyle. <laughs> also joining us from Atlanta, Georgia is the man over there wearing a shirt that says we might be drunk, he might be drunk <laughs> as well. It's Randy Michael Stan.
2: That's me. Not not quite drunk but I am uh, sipping a brew dog. Hey now. What what do you got today? I got a uh, a generic Sam Adams Oktoberfest.
1: Oh, good choice. Very
2: nice. I have not I have Pretty not good. cracked the first
0: Oktoberfest of this year.
1: Good October beer. Um, Terrell came over and we've been enjoying the multitude of horror releases. And we bought a uh, a pumpkin-flavored buzz ball Good in God. a giant. And I'll tell you. It's giant. It was the best buzz ball flavor I've ever had. Which normally,
0: you Ooh, know. the bar is so high. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. Normally, whenever you go pumpkin, it's kind of like a cute thing. That I think that's why Sam Adams is the king of October beer. But. That one was fucking good. And we bought other like, oh, I think we got like a pumpkin um, stout with like a nitro uh, back or I don't know what you call it. Nitro infused. Mm, I was like, I wish I had more of the fucking
0: buzzball. <laughs> I'm what not if, joking. What dude. about a nitro infused buzzball?
1: That would be weird. Like a creamy bl- buzzball. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that like is crossing the uncanny valley or something. It would feel unnatural. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Just give AI a little bit more time
1: and we'll have. Uh, <laughs> don't your fear AI. Skills.
0: They're going to be kind rulers, dude. God. You're going to be the first one to go. No, they're, <laughs> they're going to welcome me in. <laughs> well, also, we will welcome in Oksana Villarinova-Osachi. Into the mix. Oksana, what's going on?
3: They do have an espresso martini buzzball flavor. Maybe that's creamy.
0: Oh, that's for your classier uh, clientele. <laughs> martini the, buzz ball. The, the sex in the city crowd They really just want to go down to the liquor store and chug a buzz ball.
3: Espresso martini.
2: I am. Coffee. I am very interested in trying a espresso martini. I haven't had one, but uh, they do look good. And I'm a big coffee fan. So <laughs> you gotta isn't try that what one canceled, Isn't
1: that
3: what canceled the four locos? Like coffee and
1: uh, caffeine. Yeah. Yeah, the, the urban legend, the propaganda, the inside job that was taking down four loco. Yes, they blamed it on the caffeine.
0: I think we've covered <laughs> it on here. I've exposed that story before. Well, speaking of caffeine, I feel this is a perfect time to to talk about what happened to me earlier in this week, which oh, no. <laughs> two of the people on this call already know about, but I don't think Randy knows. Uh you but, shit yourself? Uh pretty close to it. Uh the opposite end, actually. You beat. Um no, you idiot! <laughs> Wait, is that how that works? <laughs> you know what happened. So I, uh, Randy, I, 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 last week, uh, for reasons that I still don't understand, just probably just outside of just anxiety in general, and just uh, wanted to slowly destroy my life from the inside out. I bought another pack of cigarettes. Uh, the first pack of cigarettes that I've purchased in, in probably a year's time, <laughs> I would say. And uh, and I have not. I still have the same pack, so I haven't. And it's been over a week, so you know, been slowly, slowly, you know, taking it down. But we're all uh, still worried, Randy. On on Monday of this week, mm-hmm. I uh, I before I went to work, I uh, made a cup of coffee here at the house, which I don't typically do, and uh, I w- decided for breakfast I was gonna have my cup of coffee and a cigarette. Because, friend, I've had breakfast all over the world, and a coffee and a cigarette, that's one of the finest breakfasts you'll <laughs> ever have. So I had my nice, my nice little breakfast, and then I went over to work, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to have another cup of coffee and another cigarette. And I proceeded to do so, and within 15 minutes, puked my guts out. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah. <laughs> Diminishing returns. Yeah, it was too much. So I pulled back. How, how I, went, I, flew to, I flew to Coast of the Sun, and now we're back in a right, you know, right flow.
2: How
1: do much eyeliner
0: were you wearing?
2: <laughs> is it just the cigarette, do you think, or is it the combination? I think it was, about, I, think it was
0: uh, I, I, I don't think that the caffeine helped in the situation, because it was sure. just, uh, it, was, it was too much going on, especially that early in the morning without any food in the tum-tum. So I think, I think that's what caused that. And Never we'll see you next week. It. So just uh, you know, I, I just be careful with your, you know, you're going coffee booze route. So <laughs> you know, just be careful with your little espresso martini Crossfeeding. <laughs> you're the crossface god, dude. The, 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 that's all right. When you come over here, what's it? Two weeks when you're here. Uh, yeah. All right, we're. I'm gonna, Randy. Russ, I'm going to take Randy on a proper weed journey. Because he says that he doesn't know, he, you know, he still doesn't.
1: You're trying to make him puke? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure Randy's
4: all aboard.
2: What do you say, Randy? <laughs> I'll do a proper weed journey. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's correct.
4: I'll uh, be a Sherpa.
2: Got, I don't know. I'll, I'll occasionally, uh, you know, if weed is around, I can do a uh, a hit or so of a joint. <laughs> That's about all do, all I will do though.
0: Now I'll, I'll work on some something special for you. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll take all my old roaches and combine those, and make a crazy infused <laughs> joint out of that. Sure, yeah, let's, let's do it. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll take it to the moon, friend. <laughs> Rush, you want to join? No. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe.
1: Yeah. It depend, I don't know. It
0: depends on the mood uh, Randy's in. Was- Oksana, you and Cliff want to join too? I'll
1: have to check
5: with
0: Cliff. Yeah! Cliff's, dude, Cliff's a little party boy. He likes to party. He jumps around like party boy. I know. Give him a little bow tie.
2: Oh, that'd be tight. <laughs> Give him a little Botox. <laughs> baby <Give> him- Botox? <laughs> you look <say> younger. <laughs> you saying the baby's got a saggy face. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen him in a minute.
1: Dude, baby Botox. There's a, there's
0: a need that I think we can fill. Yeah. Randy hasn't seen cliffy in a little while. Everything looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> He's just big. Yeah. He's a big
1: boy. He just doubled. That's about nice. it. Nice.
0: He's, he probably weighs as much as Randy will in about six months.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You <laughs> took the fun out of October with your opening up of a relapse Clark. And I, I do want to say, uh, I'm myself included. I know we all have friends struggling with addiction. Keep an eye on them. This is when they're going to start using and lying. So bolt your shit down. Cigarettes is Keep not an, an addiction. Eye on your t- <laughs>
0: this is not an addiction.
1: What about coffee?
0: I think caffeine would be more of an addiction, but it all falls under um, processes for me, oh, no. and 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 rituals and habits. This is you, you got to go to AA.
1: They're going to teach you. You're in it's denial. You're in denial right now. No, if I get it.
0: out of the rituals, I don't <laughs> even think about it.
1: It's a fact. Well, I'm not talking to you anyway. I'm talking to everybody else. Bolt your shit down, lock your doors, because they're going to come steal it and buy fentanyl. Welcome to the holiday season. You really know how to start an episode. <laughs> well, I just had to get us out of the... You know, we have fun things to talk about. Yeah. We have Taylor Swift's movie coming out.
0: What? Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, or the concert. Uh, again, if you got tickets, turn around and sell them. People are getting rich off of them. Um, also- I,
0: someone made a AI uh, Taylor Swift song about the impending breakup of her and Travis Kelsey. Okay, <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll send it to. Is you. it going viral? I I don't really. I'm I'm not up to date on the viral virality I, of the internet.
1: I feel like her audience is um, internet savvy enough to know not to push that kind of stuff. Like I feel like Are they may actually have, dude. They're they're scary. <laughs> Don't get on the wrong side of that group. I feel like they'll tear you apart. They're big. Um, but you know, going up in a in a brave fashion. Uh, we recently discovered that there's gonna be a horror short film festival. That's it's actually a short film festival too. I I believe they're showing all shorts at the Victoria starting at seven PM on Friday. So if you're feeling adventurous and you you missed out on Taylor Swift, go check that out. And then immediately after at 11 p.m., uh, again, going up against Taylor Swift, we have the debut of The Glory Hole season two. Yeah. Um, Dave O'Shea's. Yeah. Dave if you O'Shea. want to see Clark naked, I'd, I, that's probably going to be at the grand finale. Who are we kidding? That's the way you end the show.
0: No, that that's, I think it is the last episode.
1: Oh, okay. I th- yeah, he did say that, right? Yeah. Me, I'm probably up front. We got to get that hurdle out of the way. No, so- we just,
0: we complete the circle, you and me, babe. <laughs> That's
1: it. And then uh, Oksana may pop up in there too. Randy, uh, if you you hadn't moved, he had a leading role for you. (laughs) It's really unfortunate. (laughs) I would have killed it. (laughs) Dude, honestly. Hey, this is a straight
0: edge ninja you're talking
1: to. Dude, I know. (laughs) True, true. I've been teasing that too. You know, we did figure out the Discord thing. So once, you know, we have Uff Virtual coming up in the end of November, uh, you know, when we get a little bit more free time, we'll start uh playing around on there with um screening some shit. Also in December, we have another hole in the head. And I've been talking to George, it looks like uh we're going to be doing something out there and we might be showing a movie of a uh, couple of former guests we had on the show. So I'll keep you updated with that as things get ironed out. But yeah, there's a oh, man there's a lot going on. Um is there anything else up top people wanted to
0: bring up? Uh, Oksana, you mentioned something before the show and then, Russ, you said to pause it. What was that?
3: i was doing a... uh, Neil Breen came up in uh, an episode we just recorded and I was looking at his IMDb page and I said he had no less than um, 20 nicknames listed (laughs) for himself. The first one of which is Tuna Cans.
0: (laughs) Traditional (laughs) Traditional spelling? No,
3: like the film festival. Cans.
1: <laughs> okay. Wait, oh, hold. Nice. On. So I didn't even know there was a nickname option in IMDb.
3: So there's like, you know, um, yeah, pull it up, Russ. What's it called? Extra info, like t- um trivia and stuff, and I guess nicknames is an option. I've seen like one or two. Oh
0: my goodness!
3: I think Green Beans <laughs> is a good one.
0: All right, we got to pull it up here. So yeah, Tuna Can or Tuna Con, uh, depending on <laughs> on uh, you know. Your your stylistic choice there, Vegas bro, Breenius the Breenus, Breen screen, Neil the lean mean tuna eating hack hacking machine brain, oh. Cornelius F Breen, Neil F Breen, Neil Francis Breen, Cornelius Breen, Corn- what is this? John Cougar Mellencamp, <laughs> uh, God Emperor Breen, Neil the architect of retribution Breen. <laughs> Cornelius Neil Francis Brain, Main Brain, Breen Beans, and the Rock Lord. <laughs> Who put that in there? Him?
1: I had, it had to be him.
3: Look, if you scroll down, he's got trademarks. Which makes him video.
1: even better. Yeah. I don't you don't want you don't want your outsider artist to be too self-aware though. But this is good. I, I vote I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. Also, uh, this should have been after the official opening because this is good stuff, Oxana. It's a
0: good palate cleanser. <laughs> 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 and Randy, what, what did you rate Cade uh, the Torture Crossing? Wasn't that a, a 10-star film for you? Six.
2: Oh, God. I thought you liked Cade the Torture Crossing. No, we talked about it in length.
4: Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you had a good time. It's funny the twelve star rating. It it does. I've been I've been sticking to it on Instagram, and uh, even when I don't like a film, people will DM me and be like, "Really, that many?" And I'm like, "No, I'm just an optimist, (laughs) dude." Like, honestly, if you check the conversion chart, (laughs) this isn't a great. That's why I think
0: (laughs) I think that with your rating system, you should then put like ten out of twelve. You should set the expectations there because then – no, because then you're spreading the word of the conversion chart. You know, I the problem
1: um, – I because, one, I do agree with you. I was looking on Instagram maybe if they had like a black star or like a, just the outline so that I could put 12 stars in there every time but only fill in the ones that was my rating. But I couldn't – they didn't have another one really. So I'll work on that. I'll figure it out. Because I do kind of agree. And I like making people I imagine them taking their index finger out and like counting the stars.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I I'm just saying it because you have fully committed to it and you're you're sort of doubling down with your reviewing. Yeah. Like, you know, we watched a movie yesterday and you spent that entirety of you know, and it was a rewatch for you. So you spent the entirety of that rewatch logging your letterbox. Other, so, yeah. so you're trying you know, you're trying to get everything on course. And then you're, you're you know, spending a lot of time you know, tying those together through your Instagram stories. And so you're doing, you're doing so much servitude for the 12-star system that if you just start putting it out of 12, then you're really spreading the word, friend. I know. And we got a movement on our hands. Oh my God. It's tough. Too. So we're almost there. Don't tell Randy. I know he can't hear this, but it's a little hard to
1: stick to. There's a lot of DMs I have to field yeah. <laughs> every time. I know. Don't tell Randy. You because, you know, it's great. It looks great on the outside. Um, again, we should start the show officially. We're talking about films already. We're way off the fucking rails now. Um, are you all good? Nothing else? Let's do it. All right, let's, let's bring him in then. Bring him in. <laughs> good morning. It's October 8, 2023. And it's a Sunday, day two of weekend projects and the fun
4: work train is rolling. Today, I'll be heading to the train library where I'll be ordering a pumpkin spice espresso martini. Whoa. You can't order drinks from the library, but Chuck is the only one who works here, and he has a Twin Peaks tattoo on his neck. I don't normally enjoy sitting in the library, but it's the only quiet car on the train. One of the new passengers has a booming voice and talks all the time. Anyway, today in library... <laughs> I will be reading a book by Herman Webster Mudgett. Everyone, have a great day. All right, David.
1: Thanks. You know what I realized? Herman Edward Munst What? I think it's Mudgett. Mudgett. Um, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Uh, you know what I realized? Remember when he used to like have those weird like Biden pauses in the middle? Yeah. And he would be like, "Today," and then they're just were like, "What? What happened?" Yeah. And he would come back. He's looking a lot better. Something happened. He's, his faculties are firing. Yeah, he's on uh, Ozempic. <laughs> that's not what it does. <laughs> but, dude, what? how weird. He's drinking pumpkin spice, too. What did he say? Did he say a martini?
0: Yeah. Weird. Yeah, his sounded not good. <laughs> yeah, that was too much going on. I don't know what was going on You don't on like there. drinking in the library? No. I don't think I've ever done that before. Drank in a library. Yeah, well, somebody never went to
1: college, dude. <laughs> Honestly, you know that's not that weird because I would imagine if I was homeless, that's probably what I would be doing, right? <laughs> no, that sounds like a like you know you hang out there, you get Wi Fi, you could oh yeah read if you want.
2: Drinking buzz mm-hmm. balls in the Biblioteca.
0: <laughs> so, oh yeah, a lot of weird stuff happens at libraries.
2: That's true. One of our first guests uh, worked at
0: libraries too. What is that? The MTV show, Silent Library. I've never heard of that. What okay. are you talking about? What, Silent Library was huge. Well, it, was, it used to be a Japanese show. And then, you know, like we do in America, anything, we we rip it. You don't remember Silent Library? This no. was a Yeah, from 2009, 2011. Uh, they would set up in a library and do like stunts, but they had to be quiet during the whole thing. I don't know it at all. So it's kind of like a jackass thing or... What well, was? But it was a it was a contestant based show. So new contestants every. It was a game show.
1: Oh, so it's kind of like Guy Fieri's shopping spree, but you're in a library doing backflips.
3: I think they have weird challenges. I would say you're
1: sixty percent. Okay, yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a hard time imagining the. I'm. It's. I'm kind of thinking of something like impractical No, I'm, just, I'm
0: just surprised you didn't know because this is an MTV oh. show and you seem to be uh, up to date <sighs> on the MTV.
1: Yeah, it depends on what year. Remember, I had to I had to be too cool for MTV at a certain point and watch it like, was that a vape? <laughs> <laughs> That's a big pull. Dude, dude, you would have failed the silent library challenge. Oh, I heard sure. that
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, okay, what the fuck are we talking about? Randy, do you know silent library? No, for some What minute. kind of nerds do I do this show with? I don't. Dude? Wait, we're the Oksana, Nerds. Can we Oksana, do? did you know of Silent Library?
3: No, but God. did they have a lot of like wrestlers on as contestants? Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, because they would do like stunts and stuff, but like they would try to be quiet. It's a good show, <laughs> Silent Library. What the nine fuck? stars out of twelve? Okay, that's on, pretty good. It's
3: on Paramount Plus.
0: Hey now, <laughs> really? I don't yeah. think I have that anymore. Can you make a note of that? I'm. I want to watch that later. And uh, for our, a reminder for our listeners, uh, Paramount Plus, home of the great Tulsa King, starring Sylvester Stallone.
4: <laughs> Wait, really?
0: Yeah. What is that? Did you you reviewed that right? We talked about that ad nauseum.
1: Oh, I can't remember. I know. It's it's October. I've relapsed. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I was pulling up the conversion chart so that I could see your nine star. Right on the five star, It's about like if we round up. Okay, that's pretty good. Silent library. Um, library. Check it out. Alright, well it is October and again, Blood. Creepy. You know what? Creepy, it's weird how similar to our friend from Telemarketers. <laughs> it's really reminding me that nobody knows where Creepy is. We've been now, trying to call him. This is
0: not a joke <laughs> with Patrick J. Pes, this is a
1: serious Dude, situation. no, there's probably Patrick, Artie, and Creepy in a stalled <laughs> car on i5 that is the holy trinity as far as i'm they're probably huffing cans mm-hmm. and shit we don't know if anybody has any god i watched um unsolved mysteries last night for Ooh. the first time in a long time i forgot how like the original yeah no well the new one on netflix oh, okay. well it's not that new i watched it was like season 3 episode 1 but i forgot how the lingering tone is so much more effective when it ends with no conclusion and it ends with, here's a number. If you have any idea, call us. God, man, it really changes um, murder porn into like, I don't know, depressing time. Yeah, because there's no closure. But the, but the theme song is so like good that it's kind of like this weird conflicting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, if you know where that car is stalled, um, call the Overlook Hour. They email us at gmail.com. Right. Um, but thankfully, we have a much more professional uh, little guy. That, uh, you know, let's just let's just bring him in right now.
4: <laughs> I want to play a game, a game of wits, a game of anticipation. Game of two sentences. It's time for two sentence horror story. Live or die. <laughs> this fucking theme song,
1: dude. It may be the best modern theme song for a horror movie. It's very good. It's so goddamn good.
0: Now, Randy would write, he he would object and and would say that the cover of uh, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> that was not a theme. All
1: right, all right. Yeah,
0: I don't want to be buried
1: in it. I have to tell the rules again. Uh, we are playing a game here. So the way that Billy demands we do this, I'm going to play the first sentence of the two-sentence horror story. Oh, so why is he just staring at me? <laughs> That's what he does. He rolls in, and he just sits there. Um... Remember, I'll play the first one, then you have to predict where it's going to go. Okay. We don't want, like, very we, excited. we don't want theories. We don't want speculation. Just, you have to complete it. So, one sentence one is sentence. your answer. Okay. All right. All right, Billy. What you, I will go last. Okay, you want to go last. Yeah. So, Randy, you first or Oksana?
4: <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> Ladies first. Okay, Billy, what do you got? When I saw the results of my daughter's pregnancy test... I demanded she go out and have sex with a man by Sunday. All right, Billy. (laughs) All right, can you do that one more time, please? When I saw the results of my daughter's pregnancy test, I demanded she go out and have sex with a man by Sunday.
1: All right, Oksana, where do you think this is going? Again, only answer in one sentence.
3: (laughs) Did you say that? (laughs) Um... I, I feel is, like
1: we need a timer. You're going to have five seconds. And we're, <laughs> I, I need a buzzer. We need so one like, sentence. Yeah, one. Just say it.
3: I have no idea. Okay, right.
0: Randy, your turn. Second
2: sentence is, Jesus, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> the second sentence is that uh, I also have absolutely... No idea or anything oh clever to say. Oh my God. Well, you I was know, say Because the abortion clinic, like Chick fil A, is closed on a Sunday, but I don't think that really adds up to the math of the equation. <laughs> oh my God. Though, no,
1: I think John Kramer, again, he's the one who invented Billy and gave him his uh, purpose in life. I don't think you two want to live that enough. You really got to struggle through this and
0: figure it out. Do you. <laughs> You got one? Because these two dropped the ball so (laughs) fucking hard. I have a request. Can you play it one more time? All
1: right, Billy, is that okay? Okay, he's nodding his head. Here we go.
4: Billy. When I saw the results of my daughter's pregnancy test, I demanded she go out and have sex with a man by Sunday.
0: And show me the condom full of his semen. Okay. That, you know what, that... Now, if that were a
1: two-sentence horror story, I don't know how impressed I would be with it. But that's an answer. Um, all right, y'all ready? I'm going to play We're going to... I have hear... an alternative answer. No, there's no alternative. It's more fun. Oh, would well, you want to do it after? Maybe it's better than what it actually it's is. Just... And film it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the setup gets a little clunky there with that, but I do like where the you're The first going. sentence is about as clunky as it could be. <laughs> there is there is <laughs> a clunky. It trauma. also makes no
0: goddamn, like it ends, like it starts and it, like it ends. It's a one sentence horror story. Well, there's,
1: there's a comma in there, which I know is a little bit. You know, it's a run on right. it's, Yeah, it's a little
4: uh, tricky there. It's yeah. a compound sentence, it's I think. Or... Toboggan on a toboggan. All right, here we go. All right, Billy, give us the full thing. When I saw the results of my daughter's pregnancy test, I demanded she go out and have sex with a man by Sunday, preferably one that looks like me.
1: Okay. <laughs> that was a little dark, Billy, but thanks again for showing up. God.
5: <laughs>
0: Dude, Billy doesn't give a fuck. All right. Also, what kind of, I, w- I would like to explore this sentence for a second. <laughs> so what's the enjoyment here? Okay, so he saw the pregnancy test, and he was disappointed. So he wanted her to be pregnant, I guess, and she wasn't pregnant. So he's like, all right, so you need some jizz in you. So go see a man about that, and I would like that man to look like me. I think it
1: was— What good is that? I think it was implying that she took a pregnancy test, and it was positive. Uh So now that the dad was in a tricky situation, and in lieu of an alibi— said can you go sleep with somebody immediately who oh now i yeah. understand <laughs> yeah now i i very much understand. here's the problem you know creepy he was cute again he was a hot ghoulie that's what we called him that's what all that's what the whole world called him billy i don't know man okay
0: week two incest I. yeah all right week three but now that now that horribly clunky first sentence does match up with the second sentence, and I, now and now I kind of like it. So I much like saw <laughs> the convoluted trap it's does it.
1: pay off, indeed. <laughs> God damn! And we'll see you next week. Oh God, what else do we have? Oh, okay, we do have one more thing. Um, David, we're going to need David to come back in
0: here. Oh God! All
1: right, Oksana, do you know where this is going? You should get it ready. It's behind your monitor. All right, that, all right, here he is. So, um, all right, there's David. All right. It's
4: now time for Rich Shit.
1: Uh, this weekend, I hung out with Rich. We'll get into that much. In my segment at the end of the show, we'll cover that completely. The weekend that lasted five days? <laughs> the three-day weekend I I had. Uh, but he brought a gift and demanded at gunpoint that Oksana open it on the show. So Oksana, she has a uh, white uh, <laughs> bubble wrap bag in front of her. What's written on it? Like a TCA. T. I thought they were initials. I or an acronym.
3: TCAW. All
1: right. Can you tear into that? I don't know what horror. It's probably <laughs> like a spring-loaded snake or something.
3: Do you know what it is? Are you asking me? Yeah.
1: Um. No. Well, I think I do. I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that, so I'll say no. God. Again, this would be more enjoyable for us if you weren't behind a wall. <laughs> yeah. We can't really it's see it
3: either. a Tetris box. Okay. okay. It is a Tetris watch.
4: A Tetris. Hey, he- uh, oh my collector's God. Collector's
3: watch. It's got, oh, it's got a situation you'd want one of those four piece uh, straight lines for.
5: <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> I got
5: it. i oh, yeah. oh,
1: oh. <laughs> Tetris joke. Yes, oh my god! So worn. Whoa. Whoa, that thing this looks heavy. Oh, All right, what the fuck, Rich? Are you? You're trying to get us into Clark's cult of watches. <laughs> now, I don't know if I mentioned it on here, but Rich also he gifted me a watch too, and honestly, it's heavy and it, it's kind of nice, and you got to wind it, so I'm scared to wear it. But do females wear a watch? Oh yeah, that's nice. Have you ever worn one? Ox- oh, this is rad.
3: I have, like, in
1: elementary school, I think I wore a watch. Oh, that's cool. Are you going to wear this one?
3: I think I might.
1: That's really cool. Uh, Randy, can you? It's pretty tight.
2: I dig it. Yeah. I don't, Randy, would you ever rock a watch? I wear an Apple Watch every day. Uh, well, Does it count? That's, that's a little bit different. It's on yeah. brand, though. Enjoy
0: that tumor on your wrist in a couple of <laughs> <Whoa>. years. Oh, <bro. laughs> in-
1: <laughs> wow. The watch bros are going at it. Dude. I try, dude. You got the AI watches on you. That's why they all hate it, Randy. <laughs> Hell yeah,
3: that's hella cool. Thank you, Rich, because he acknowledges that I am a Tetris champion. Per my <laughs> I score yeah. picture from the Tetris. Well,
0: let's hook up some Tetris right now, and I'll take <laughs> you to Tetris Town. All right.
3: Oh, here's why it was so heavy.
1: What? A tracking There's device? A
3: badge.
1: That's not. That's a medal. A that's medal. not a badge. A badge. <laughs> What the hell? What is it?
0: It looks like an Olympic medal. Did he give you a medal for it's your a trophy.
3: Tetris? Yes. First place. Tetris champion.
0: Again, it's a medal. It's not a trophy. It's
3: not a Sorry, The back here says trophies, awards, plaques, and medals.
0: That
1: is, yeah, it's yeah, a Yeah, because they, they all do that, but they're all separate things. They all mark the occasion. Yes. Tetris
5: champion.
1: But that you would wear around your neck and stand on a podium.
3: It's heavy.
1: Yes. Just like your metal. <laughs> All right, Rich. Stop giving us gifts, dude. I don't what next we're gonna be dead. I know I know how this goes. I've seen that movie before. Give Randy a goddamn gift. He's the one that needs to die first, okay? <laughs> <laughs> give him give him an Apple Watch or something. Um what, David, get out of here. It's creeping me out. Um, okay. I think that's everything up top.
3: It Lights up, too.
1: <laughs>
0: Hell yeah. All right. Uh well, let's let's go over to Atlanta, Georgia with Randy Michael Staff. Randy, uh you're over there in the uh in the music room today. How's everything going?
2: Uh it's going good. I've been playing no music, but uh yeah, we're we're here today. It's been uh it's been we had a cold front while you guys had a uh warm front. Yeah. You know. It was a uh, 45 when I woke up this morning, not in the house, but outside.
0: Oh, Ooh. that's nice.
2: Yeah it's been hitting what? like maybe 70 tops the last week or so so it's been been nice where do you ever go out uh you got a porch situation i i would go out back rather than front porch but yeah yeah the front you, porch is like you know it's not enough to like put a chair in and like it's pretty uh it's pretty narrow you got a chair on the back deck though i got a couple chairs so yeah and by a couple i mean three and only one ever gets used. <laughs> well, will invite us over. We'll use them. There you go. True, true. Make you sit on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine with me. All right, what you got? Yeah, I watched uh, several things this week that I think we'll all talk about later. But um, first, I'll talk about a uh, Blu-ray vinegar syndrome release that I think I I teased on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's called Don't Fall in Love with Yourself. It's a documentary on musician Justin Pearson, uh, probably most famously known for The Locust. And by that, I mean, that's still pretty niche uh, type of uh, a band to know. But uh, yeah, it's essentially about him uh, and his work with The Locust and sort of about his early uh, life growing up with his... Mom and dad in Arizona. And then apparently, like, I think he was like 10, his dad got murdered, Um, which they go in sort of that story. And then he moved to San Diego, California, where he sort of started playing music and got into skateboarding and kind of goes into that whole story. Apparently, he was out with his mom and he found like a uh, a skateboard just chilling behind a Burger King. And she was just like, oh, just take it. Like, no one's here. (laughs) So he got into skateboarding, got into punk rock. Uh, so it goes into sort of like, you know, how sort of like uh, Southern California is sort of like split up between like LA and then you have like Orange County and you go into like San Diego. Those are all like pretty diverse situations. So it kind of goes into um, just sort of, I, I thought it painted a good picture of like sort of where he came from and where, uh, you know, how San Diego is kind of like bro It's kind of a military town, but it's also, you could walk to Mexico from it. So it's got this really, Interesting sort of culture and uh you know a lot of uh sort of just i don't know just a unique sort of place um and sort of how he just grew up and uh started playing with the locust who was uh so they're very they have guitars bass drum, but they're also like very um analog synth heavy and they're very noisy, very uh sort of in your face uh, I guess you would say like grindcore, it's kind of punk rock. Uh, at the same time, but, um, they were, so they released an album called Plague Soundscapes in like 2003 or 2004 that I remember listening to sort of when it came out because they were on Anti, which is a sister label of Epitaph Records that was putting out like no effects and like a lot of like pop punk, um, type of stuff. And, uh, it was kind of like my introduction into more like abrasive, loud, sort of like in your face. Uh, sort of music and their live performances were very uh, sort of like theatrical. They wear uh, sort of these costumes that make them look like insects, sort of. Um, and apparently like coming up in the San Diego scene and like when they played yeah. LA and stuff, they would get sort of like bullied a lot. Like people would call them, you know, like slurs for uh, gay people. Although I don't think any of them were gay, but they were sort of, uh, they got bashed a lot at their live shows, get shit thrown at them because they would wear, before they like don the like insect, uh, costumes, they would wear outfits altogether, but sometimes they would wear like incredibly like short shorts or stuff. Just, and they're like a lot of like, sort of like pretty, uh, skinny, good looking dudes. Um, so they got like, you know, kind of goes into that whole scene of them, like coming up and, uh, playing, but yeah, I, I so really you're type really of guys, this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was wondering but, uh, if you were going to go for it. <laughs> the Yeah, so there's a, a ton of live footage from uh, like VHS tapes and like mini DV tapes from back in the day. There is a lot of talking head sort of interviews and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I like I said, I kind of have a nostalgia for um, Justin Pearson's music. I've seen one of his other bands, Head Wound City, um, in Boise, Idaho, when we played Treefort Music Festival. And that's kind of like a, a super group, I guess you would say. It has one of the guitarists of the Yeah Yeah Yeah's in it. It has the drummer of the Locusts who has also passed away recently in like the last year, who I think he also played for Cat Art Decapitation.
5: Decapitation. Um,
2: great drummer, like incredibly like technical and fast. And like a lot of times, I'm sure you've probably seen it at like shows before, but sort of bands that play like really fast you can't really even hear like the snare drum or like shit that they're playing. Sometimes everything he played, like you could hear everything like so precisely and like so clear. Um, And a lot of the, there's some extra um, there's like three additional on the uh, DVD or the Blu-ray just full sets essentially of the Locust. I think there's one in Japan. There's one in San Diego where they came from. Um, And yeah, the, the Blu-ray looks great. It sounds really good. The, Artwork is really cool. It's got a uh, limited edition slip cover. I think there's still some available, but yeah, I was, uh, it was pretty, pretty into this. It was cool. Yeah, the, the cover on that looks
1: fantastic. I love Vinegar Syndrome, and I love that they give a documentary like this that treatment, too.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Randy, do the, do the film a favor. Jump on IMDb and be the first to review it. Nobody's reviewed it on IMDb, <laughs> really? which I'm Weird. shocked. Yeah, it just says review. Be the first.
0: And provide a twelve-star huh. rating. Yeah, <laughs> complain that you can't give it two more stars. If if we can change IMDb's rating system from ten to twelve, do you know what that could do for this brand? We could expand our listenership oh to a hundred and eight people. To uh, hundreds of trolls. <laughs> That's what we want. That's what we need. Um, yeah, and we'll get them on the Discord, baby. We should try
1: a Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Submit to them the twelve-star rating.
4: to.
2: You know, oh, another uh, thing that <clears throat> comes up in the documentary and we mention in the interview coming on Thursday, you mentioned Jerry Springer in the interview. Well, um, Justin Pearson Jerry. and Jerry. some of his friends uh, one day just like jokingly submitted a fake story that they all made up and submitted it to Jerry Springer. And then apparently he got a call like a day later and they were like, yeah, we want you guys to come on the show. Them thinking that what the situation they sent in was real. And so they go yeah. in and they like got a hotel and they're like, you know, they ran over like all their roles and sort of like the situation and all the drama. And he's wearing a locust shirt on the show. Um, and then he kisses, uh, another dude, like one of their like friends or his roommate or something. And then there's a big fight. He gets punched in the face by like one of the girls that like they went in on this with. Um, and then apparently he like got walked out through security or something. Cause after he got punched in the face, he like was trying to like, blow his nose or something like he just you know just his face felt fucked up from getting punched in the face and he like blew like snot and blood like on the set and so they uh they got kicked out but apparently that was a uh a thing that they did they were on uh he was on jerry springer so oh it did it did air it did yeah i'm pretty sure i remember seeing it way back in the day like on probably not youtube probably i don't know where i probably saw it but i do they show the clip um in the Blu-ray and uh, I, I vaguely remembered it, but
5: yeah, Dude. Kind of well, fun. if
0: your child, if your childhood was anything like mine, you probably saw it at your grandmother's house. Cause that's where <laughs> I saw every one of my Jerry Springer shows. Hold on. That's incredible.
1: And one, I think what a good story to include in a documentary, but yeah. also if you're a fan of the band to like, check that out would be really cool. But to me, you just like verify that Jerry Springer is like real, <laughs> like that people actually <laughs> submit shit and then they contact them. Yeah. I always, you know, I'm, I'm and Jerry so Springer's cynical. an
0: American hero as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. But I always assumed that the, it was all like put on, like, you know, they, they'd found people maybe that were trying to get into Hollywood or something and would never make it, but they're like, Hey, you could do this and we'll give you a little bit of money. But like to know that they actually did field it. that just, to me, that means at least half of them are real. We, oh God, that's so, somebody needs to make a documentary about tracking down former guests of Jerry Springer. And just talking (laughs) about, you know, we should do a podcast.
3: (laughs) I've I've definitely seen repeat people on different episodes of Jerry Springer, not not like playing the same person. Yeah, but see, (laughs) it
1: always felt weird to me to imagine that you're like, you're double wide. You had this complex drama going on. That's not weird to me. What's weird to me is that you pause it and then call up Jerry and you're like, hey, we'd like to bring this act on the road. (laughs) You know what I mean? Then you show up and then like Oksana said, then a couple months later, you're like, hey, it's gotten better. Can we, can we do a repeat? Yeah. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Let's start a Jerry Springer podcast where we track down former (laughs) guests and have them on.
0: Well, I feel like, I feel like there's only one way we can start that. We get Steve Wilco on. Oh, I,
1: he's not a good guy.
0: Steve! He's a prick. Like,
1: I swear to God, because he was like the champion, you know, it was good cop, bad cop. And then like, Jerry's kind of like an absent dad and. Steve's like, oh, I'll be there for you and I'm doing the the hard, tough love. Yeah. And he gets his own show and he's just kind of a like a like a dude Oprah before Rogan. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like
0: it's like he I don't know, man. Well, I don't think you're doing a very good job of recruiting him to be on the show. I don't want to talk to him. He'd, Why, be a, Steve? he'd be a dick. He'd be a dick. Randy, that'd be the only interview Randy would want to participate in. Randy, were you a Steve fan?
2: No, I didn't even know who it was. I had to Google it right now. Really? What? You, yeah. you never watched Jerry Springer? I mean, I'd seen it here and there, but not enough to remember a uh, a, a B character from the show.
1: You were more of a pay per view kind of guy, Randy. You hold your tongue. <laughs>
2: Steve Steve had his own show.
0: Thank
1: you very much.
2: He had much. his own chant. Okay.
0: <laughs> That's right. He had his own
4: vibe. Dude. God.
0: Well, Randy, uh, this sounds this sounds uh, cool. I like this, and it kind of reminds me of like. Um, did you ever see the the Jay Retard documentary? Whoa, dude. No. That was his name. <laughs> what was that called? <laughs> that was his Christian name. I'll look that up. But it kinda it, it, that that one's interesting because um they filmed it and then he committed suicide like that's six shit? months after I think Better he than committed suicide.
5: Better
0: than yeah, something. That's it, yeah. Uh that's a great one. And um I don't know. Anytime that, you know, these um sort of niche music scenes can get uh you know, a little light shone on them in a, in an interesting way. And uh, I think that's, you know, what vinegar syndrome does. So it, that True. cover looked great. So yeah. How many stars, Randy? At 12. Seven.
5: Okay. All
1: right. Let's sound um,
5: like
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I appreciate the commitment, Randy, but um, in case you didn't know, you, you did just give it 1.17 thumbs. <laughs>
0: That's a thumb. You Fair know, enough. I do. I, I That's do. a thumb and that's a carpenter's thumb. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Jesus was a carpenter.
0: Yes, he was. Fuck the dude, the holiest rating. And we thank him for his service. We'll see you next time. Also,
2: week. I did watch a horror movie, but it is a retread. Oh, so oh, Sound the alarm. Okay. Also, hey, wait, you're it, driving, I'm sorry. This is a recording not happening in real life. <laughs>
1: yeah, who, who complained about a re- retread stinger? Oh, I think it was
2: Robbie Smith. He
1: said that when they were driving over to the West Coast. (laughs) All right. Well, here, let's go into the horror retread.
2: It's a Russell retread. (laughs) I watched a horror movie, which we talked about here not that long ago. You went to the uh you know the beautiful East Bay to go see it. I finally watched Cobweb at home last oh, night. oh shit, you know there's
1: so many horror movies coming out because again, it is the tourist season in october i did I had no idea where you were going to go. Cobweb, I really? would not have guessed yeah yeah
2: yeah uh i I dug it a lot. It was creepier actually than I kind of expected or judged just from what I'd heard about it and then you know uh. Woody Norman is fantastic in it. And I kind of assumed it was not really like a kid's horror movie, but I kind of thought it would maybe be something closer to like the boogeyman, which like is spooky and is cool and stylish, but it's not really like that dark or like that scary. I, I feel like this is pretty, pretty adult for a movie that sort of surrounds a kid and sort of like the horrors of his family and, all that type of stuff, but I I thought (laughs) it was incredibly stylish from the wallpaper to the way that they use lighting and the way that they use shadows, um, was really cool how they would just be like super blown up, like on the background of walls. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. And I hadn't really seen that a ton, uh, or can you really think of like sort of that use of sort of shadows, um, and stuff in movies before it's, it's super cool.
1: Yeah, it's almost like counterintuitive because the the set it's like, deck
2: was yeah it's like not, but it's not realistic lit. Yeah. yeah
3: the Babadook and there was also like a I think a Babadook moment
1: yeah but it's movie. more it's more like uh, there's more to it it's almost like Delamorte Delamore but like dark like a noir it, it's yeah. super interesting and I mean this is coming from the guy who did Texas Chainsaw on Netflix who you know I didn't realize it until oh God what were we watching there were sunflowers in it. And it made me think of Leatherface. And I'm like, God, that movie kind of tied the two together in a cool way. Sunflowers
0: <laughs> make you think of Leatherface. They
1: do now. <laughs> they do. Um, you know, there's the You're really- a sick puppy, dude. <laughs> Damn, uh, Randy, you don't know how excited I am that you like this movie.
2: Hell yeah. Um I watched it uh, yeah, last night, you know, at the at the house by myself. And I I I know I've told you guys recently that because there's so many trees sort of covering or near my house that I I wake up to weird noises in the middle of the night. Sometimes <laughs> I did get a little creeped out watching this movie last night, like no joke. And then, uh, there was another time last night where, uh, you know, some, something fell or there was a little, a little bit of noise, uh, you know, from the roof and, uh, yeah, it was found this highly effective and that the, you know, even the ending was just like pretty, very effective and like pretty, pretty bleak um, at the same time. So yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really good.
1: Again. I, I really think, you know, I've caught myself in this fucking genre and film conversation. The thing that made this really an important film to me was the portrayal of Halloween and also the three different genre films in this one movie. Cause every act you're like, Oh, there's almost like a new reveal of a horror. Mm -hmm. I. Really cool. I I hope the director gets I don't know more love. Again, Cobweb came out with fucking Barbie and Oppenheimer. That's so right. So it was yeah. like it was buried in there. What what a fucking tragic release date for that movie. <laughs> but again, Terrell said um, it came out on Blu-ray. It's got a cool Barbie Oppenheimer. Yeah, I wish, but uh, unfortunately, when I was at that theater that day, that we had to drive to the East Bay for, and I walked into other theaters. Everybody was at every other screening
0: except for Cobweb. Dude, Barb Webb sounds way better than Barb.
1: <laughs> Honestly, you know, Oppenheimer, I don't ever hear about it anymore. I still hear people talking about Barbie. Well, because the bomb exploded. What else <laughs> you want? <laughs> yeah. I just, I feel like um, there was a victor in that uh, boxing match.
2: Spike Lee, Spike Lee was going on about it this week, though, apparently. Oppenheimer? Yeah, he said that. We should have saw what happened to the uh, the Japanese people in it. Oh shut the fuck up. Thanks, Mike. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate
0: you. God damn. He always gets it, doesn't he? It's a different movie, man. It's yeah. like it's not like we get it. It's really bad what happened over there. Go to the go to the WWT Museum in New Orleans. Well, You'll I learn all about it.
1: Hate to break it to you, but they weren't the nicest people That's either. That's a fantastic museum, <laughs>
0: by the way. Which one? The World War II Museum in uh, New Orleans. Oh, okay. It's fantastic. Um, You'll think about the Japanese people for (laughs) sure. No doubt about it.
1: All right. You know, again, we're we're veering into dark territory here, but I want to highlight again that Randy loved cobwebs. my favorite thing ever, but now I'm scared to ask. Out of 12 stars, what the hell are we getting?
2: Uh, I I did four out of five, so that's like nine or ten.
1: We're going to go (laughs) ten. Definitely. Hell yeah. Ten.
0: Okay, love it. Uh, shout out to uh, Deborah Wilson. Rain, what would you think about the pumpkin fungus? <laughs>
2: it was cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, I like not it. the most memorable
0: thing, I guess. It's the most memorable. Thing the that, me. the fact that his parents, you know, and the soup. There's, what was that soup?
1: No, there's something that I think people are overlooking. It it's, was great. It's dude. very important that the parents in this movie were anti-Halloween, yet they were consuming yeah. pumpkins. It's weird. Yeah. It's unintuitive, and it's wrong. And that's what makes this movie a classic. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like forcing your kid to eat pumpkin shit all the time. Oksana did that to our kid. He didn't like it. <laughs>
3: he he enjoyed the puree.
1: There, the, the weirdest thing happened. Again, this will be very brief. Oksana came in with two little pumpkins. And I was like, oh, cool, you're already getting pumpkins? She's like, these are for cooking. And I was like, oh, weird. <laughs> I
0: really didn't expect that. I
3: air fried the seeds this morning. I think they came out very good.
0: Yeah, I want to try one. Hell yeah. All right. You can take some of my pickle seasoning and uh, put that on the seeds. You get pickled flavor pumpkin seeds. <laughs>
2: Say that five times fast, oh and we'll
0: see you next week. <laughs> anything else? No, sir. Okay. Well, Russ. I hope your uh, trigger finger is warm because we got another retread, baby. Really? Oh my
5: god! All
4: right. (laughs) It's a personal retread. Man, I feel bad about the car thing now
1: because I know every time I'm in the car and I hear a police siren, I get, I'm like, oh fuck! I hate, I
0: hate, I hate doorbell sounds in a car. No, I, like on a TV or something. That's because you walk around with headphones
1: in. I, I get that. Or it's or almost like, like knocking. Like knocking will yeah. freak me the fuck out. If, yeah. Horror games. They do that but
0: car, stuff. like, yeah, when you're driving, you hear a car horn. Yeah,
4: it's no good. You hear a hubcap rolling. <laughs> yeah. Also that, so yeah,
0: tire screeching. Uh, I saw uh, from this year, uh, the boogeyman.
1: <laughs> God, what are the odds? Randy just mentioned that too. Yeah. All right. Well, they're coming around.
2: Randy, did you see the boogeyman too? Uh, yeah, I saw it close to when it came out. I think I was just talking yeah. about, uh, with cobweb. I kind of figured just because it had, you know, sort of a, a kid as the main character that it would be a little more, uh, boogeyman ask, but it's much darker, I feel.
0: And, uh, yeah, well, I, di- I did, you yeah, I didn't put that together. So this is a Russell and Randy retread. Yeah. Everybody retread. Uh, Russ, this is from uh, your boy Rob Savage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rob Savage.
1: You fucking dare do that. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: God. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, here's the thing. That's why he won't do our show. He knew that was coming.
0: Dude, I'd do a good Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Thought I thought you were... Only put me in the corner with the foul footage, yeah. Making a traditional horror narrative, yeah. Hey, Lord Battle. I
4: don't like this.
0: I heard you you got (laughs) an issue with my friend Al Snow, yeah. Oh my
4: God, here you go.
0: (laughs) You don't want to play with Randy Savage? (laughs) With Rob (laughs) Savage? No. Rob, Randy's brother, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With behind the camera. Mm -hmm. You were there, you were watching. Okay. (laughs) I think this movie (laughs) is perfectly acceptable.
4: Yeah, Randy (laughs) pretty much said that
1: too.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's a perfectly acceptable horror film. A little slow in terms of I don't know. I I like the cast here. I like Chris Messina. Uh it's interesting seeing him um in a horror film. You know, you you'll typically cl- click on Mr. Messina's uh profile here, you know. Uh this is a fa- Russell, before this movie you've seen this guy in a couple of things, yeah? Mm, or not really. I don't know. See, that's interesting because I'm he's face blind. he's been in 75 films, but I don't think any of them have been horror. Uh yeah. Devil, but I I only oh remember. devil the uh, the Shyamalan produced yeah. thing, the elevator movie, um, yeah. But uh, it's interesting. I I don't know. I I thought he was good in it. Um, yeah, nothing. Yeah, I don't. And know. our our boy uh, David Desmalchian, you know, coming in on the one scene and uh, doing what Desmalchian does, <laughs> just you know, coming in, creeping everybody out, and then exiting.
1: You know, David uh, Desmalchian. Yeah, I felt bad because we did a horror boner where we were basically just roasting the Scream Award, the Fangoria Awards. The Chainsaw Awards. And, uh, yeah, thank you. God, I didn't even remember the name. Got to remember
0: and the chainsaw, yeah. It was
1: hosted by Peaches Christ and him. And I just remember me and Trill were just, like, roasting him. I did not like him. I didn't like his portrayal in there. And then I went and watched Boogeyman. I'm like, oh, he's cool. This match is great. I didn't even realize it was the same person.
0: God, yeah. you ha- You have some weird...
1: No, you know what it is. I completely give my soul to film. I love celluloid, and I just everything is real when I'm watching
0: celluloid. TV. I prefer cellulite. We'll see you next week. Uh, I yeah, I don't know, man. What do what do you what what do you want me to say about this movie? It's it's a nice uh, three out of five. I don't know. You know,
1: I watched it before um, like Cobweb or like a lot of movies were coming out and I thought it was good. I was really curious to see how he could command a traditional narrative. I thought he did great. It almost felt like they were making him play by the, the rules, though. Like you want to make a big movie? You gotta-
0: the, it, because it, all the boxes are checked there. And yeah. then also I think that the, the creature itself, uh, boy, we really tease that CG creature a lot. And then when we get the full manifestation of the creature, it was pretty satisfying. I liked it, yeah. I did like yeah. it. And I didn't think I was going to like it because I didn't like all the pretense. Um, or I'm just like, I don't – it just – it felt it felt kind of uh, uninspired and just felt like we are ticking some boxes here and we're just doing things that, that should be. And nothing really sort of stayed outside – nothing really, you know um, – raised my attention in, in areas that seemed like we were doing something different. Uh, but we were doing, you know, it it was fine. We were having a good time, but then when we see the full, uh, creature, it was pretty impressive. And it seemed like that there was some thoughtfulness and that, that's honestly, I guess what I'm looking for here is that, you know, obviously when you have like a full CG creature thing and you really try to hide it, um, you know, what, Why are you doing that? Are you doing that for the sake of the narrative, or are there other reasons for that? And I don't feel like they cut any corners um, in that arena. Um, And I think that's why it felt very much like a a mall horror movie, uh, because you know it it's very much in that zone. It's it's from that playbook. Um, But you know, I, I I enjoyed it. And, um, yeah,
1: yeah, I was a little intrigued with the internal logic of the creature, but it doesn't really have the stain power yeah, yeah it
0: the the myth the you know it didn't have a strong mythos in that sort of uh regard. It didn't really I don't know, there was nothing outstanding. you know about this
1: cobweb heard it too, because they were doing a kind of um spider. Like
0: cobweb had an extra layer of, um, weirdness. Yeah. And it was, it it was one more level in, in unsettling. Oh
1: dude. Yeah. Cobweb um, is just, it's superior.
0: Now I, having yeah. said that this is a PG 13 movie that opens up with the death of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a child in a crib and the boogeyman comes and snaps its neck. Yeah. And then blood. <laughs> now, see, that's the other thing. If you snap a child's neck, um, I don't know if you're going to get blood splatter. You do it right. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's up for the Almighty. But uh, all right, what yeah. do you what do you
1: give it out of twelve?
0: Out of twelve stars, I
4: will give it. Don't think too hard about it.
0: I, I, you know what I feel. Mm, 6.5.
1: Wait, what? No, there's no half. Uh-uh. No, we no, have to go full decimal. No, full no decimal. Part. Yeah, Dewey decimal, baby. There's no. Oh, yeah. So it's a seven. You got to round up. There's so no 6.5. Yeah.
4: Seven.
2: The light Six orb point. was cool. I could have used more of that.
1: I know. What a really cool. Like, what was cool?
2: The, the uh, light the orb? orb. The ball. Oh, yeah. So cool.
4: Yeah.
0: I really enjoyed that. Same. Yeah. But it was something that you know you can go get at Walmart. Was it? I don't know. I would get one.
1: i would get one for Cliff. I'm trying to look that up. Cool.
0: See if we can get a, a Boogeyman patented uh, light ball. Yeah. I heard that. I, uh, I, I, li-
2: I heard that you two's playing inside that thing. <laughs> I heard it's like only five grand
1: too. Very if nice you want to go,
0: dude, it looks so cool though. Well, there's over a hundred thousand speakers in the sphere, dude. It's wild. Um, also, I bet that's the only place where the uh, the upper deck is better place to be. Yeah, I, you know, and you would be the loser on the second row. I know. on love the second row and paying fucking five grand and, and paying a chiropractor to reprogram your neck. But did you know, Randy's
1: right? You two is the first band playing. Did you hear they had to install railing on the stage? They didn't want <laughs> They didn't want it. I, well, I know we're in terror. This is for nobody now. You're here for it's hope. also like a
0: 10 year old, 15 year old joke.
1: Yeah, but we watch the video so much of Edge just fucking walking off. Dude. God, it makes me happy. It's tight. <laughs> <laughs> it's ironically named, uh, guitarist too, considering what we're talking about.
0: Uh, and also <laughs> briefly, um, I guess I watched another movie called Fair Play, and so Johnny Fair Play about two uh, professionals who. All right, here's the thing: this movie's getting this movie's getting highly reviewed, and that's that's very nice. Um, And I wish nothing against it. This movie is, uh, oh, she was a director on Ballers?
1: Wait, the whole review
0: is about to change. Okay, this young lady comes from television, which is great, but, you know, we, we got Billions, we got Star Trek, Discovery, Ballers, Suits, you know, the classics. Uh, this is Fair Play, uh, which just came out on uh, Netflix uh, d- written and directed by Chloe Domont um, this sort of mirrors the uh the erotic thrillers of the nineties that's what we're trying to do here um, you know your your uh, basic instinct and your uh what's the other one with the uh with the Glenn Close and the rabbit what's that one?
2: I don't know what that one is. God,
0: every, y'all are everybody's messing up today. You know what I'm talking about. Fatal
2: attraction? Fatal attraction. Yeah,
0: that's what that's that's sort of the zone we're going in here. But um so here's the deal. We got two, Randy, we got two professionals in New York City, your beloved adopted home <laughs> of New York City. Uh and uh these two uh this couple um, they work in a hedge fund together. They work for the same very competitive hedge fund, you know, and uh, they're a couple. But Randy, everybody in the company doesn't know that they're a couple because that goes against the company standards. And the movie opens up and they're at this party. They're having a good time. And then uh, they they have a little intercourse in the bathroom and then while they're putting while the guy's putting his pants back on, guess what falls out of his pocket? A wedding ring. And she's like, Oh, you're gonna marry me? She's like, Yeah, I'm gonna marry you. And they're gonna be married and everybody's happy. And then they call it and she calls her parents. He doesn't call his parents. Don't worry, that's a plot device for Act Three. I'm gonna spoil this whole thing. Who gives a shit? So, Russell, be very excited. You just came in at the perfect time. Because Hedge fund. These two guys, these two, this couple, they're a couple, but nobody knows they're a couple because they work for a hedge fund, but it's against company policy for uh, intermingling. Amongst, because oh, she, This sounds
1: right up your alley.
0: She becomes his <laughs> boss. Oh, this is cool guy uh, movie. This is erotic thriller meets cool guy finance. Uh,
4: wait. Because
0: <laughs> it's the hedge fund wait. world. We're in the hedge fund world and we're all talking, we're talking about deals, baby. We're talking about, you know, Insider trading. Cool guy meets
1: finance. David, can you come back in? Here we go. We got got a new stinger. Hello. It's now time for rich shit. What the God. (laughs) I forgot. Wait. I forgot there was another cool guy stinger.
5: (laughs) Fuck you, fuck bull.
0: Well, that was the other thing. (laughs) That was the other
1: one.
0: Very nice. So, God, I, how do you find these fucking movies? This is the biggest movie in the United States. Let's talk about right this movie here. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. man.
1: Bubbles well, are real, well, and I'm we're, living well, my own. Well,
0: we're about, we're, well, we'll get to why I imagine a lot of people are talking about this movie because there's something that happens in the third act that I imagine is why people are talking about this movie. Let's get there. So, <laughs> these two, they're a couple. And also, at the beginning of the movie, she overhears some talking because somebody gets fired in the office and somebody's got to take, and it's a very competitive and nobody cares about each other. They just want to climb that ladder. All right. That's what these scumbags in New York, like Randy only care about money and power. So this couple, the 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 girl goes up to the guy and she's like, Hey, I heard somebody say in the bathroom, uh, that that position's going to be yours. He's always going to be me. And she's like, yeah, it's going to be you. Let's celebrate Well, come to find out. Guess who got the job? She, she did. did. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, there we go. And guess what, boys and girls? Welcome to Act 2. And he doesn't take it very well. He does not. He starts following some online guy. It's basically kind of like an Andrew Tate, but a little bit more professional. Oh, no. And so and so now that becomes like a narrative device. He's like, you only care about this. I don't even know who you are anymore. I'm jumping ahead.
5: <laughs> Please do.
0: So things obviously get a little bit more complicated. He gets more frustrated, and then she gets, you know, she's doing very well, and then he fucks up, and she... Kind of stuck out for him, but then she makes up for it. She makes a good trade and gets everything back on track. And then they hand her a check for five hundred twenty-five thousand dollars because that was the cut of the bonus that she made on the good trade. So now everything's happy, but it it makes him even more mad. Now, also, now everything is kind of coming together for the third act. Her mom calls her on the phone and she's like, "Hey, guess what?" Uh, we're coming in on Friday and we have a surprise engagement party. And meanwhile, this relationship, <laughs> they're on the rocks, friend. They're not doing too good because on that same day he goes, she's trying to cut a deal in the middle of the boardroom. He goes in there and he's drunk and he start. he makes a whole scene and they kick him out of the office. And he even mentioned, he's like, we've been fucking and we're not supposed to fuck, but we've been fucking. So fuck you. I quit. And so he leaves, and so their relationship is done So, but the mother still thinks that they're getting married. So in order to keep appearances, they both show up at this engagement party. Why? Because it's a movie. (laughs) And then they they start confronting each other publicly. Everyone in the party can see that this is wrong.
4: And then they start
0: fighting, and then they go into the bathroom together. And then they have intercourse in the bathroom. It's very you know it's a steamy mm-hmm. scene.
1: I love a good hate
0: fuck. and and there was a there was a prior sex scene where she wanted him to be aggressive, oh, no. and he was not aggressive, but now he's mad, and so he's very aggressive, and so he bends her over and uh you know uh, Slits her through and throat. Then, and, then, <laughs> and then copulates with her in a in a dogged fashion. you understand what' right? doggy style, some would say in certain circles. And he uh, was very rough, and she told her to stop, and he did not stop, and then she just kind of submitted, and then she later said that he raped her. And so that's kind of what the movie now, as I imagine a lot of people are talking about it, because it kind of portrays that scene in a very uh, realistic way of just kind of like, in the moment, this thing happens, and then she's calling rape, and he's like, I didn't rape. She's like, oh, you raped, and then uh, she has her comeuppance. He has his comeuppance. I was gonna look, what? <laughs> yeah, he has. Yeah,
1: I, was like, I think you're wrong, there, buddy.
0: I haven't so seen the movie, she, but then then she plays a little game with him, and then the movie ends.
1: Wait, you're not gonna say what the game is,
0: though? Uh, she she got him to cry and admit that he was wrong, oh. and then she said, "Get the fuck out of my house."
1: You know, the dragon that is Andrew Tate, the chink in his uh soft underbelly, is the fucking crying. If you can hit that button and they cry, you've defeated the toxic masculine. A tale as old as time.
5: Yes.
1: Uh, (laughs) Five out of 12. Oh my god. You know what's funny? You scroll down on IMDb to more like this and uh, I see a couple of movies you've seen on here, right? Reptile's way better than
0: this.
1: (laughs) Didn't you not like Reptile? No,
0: I I, I I liked Reptile.
1: What about magazine
0: dreams? That looks something but you'd it be. Sounds into.
1: pretty good. Dude. And then we go over here. What about sometimes I think about dying? Shit <laughs> that's incorrect
0: title. All the time. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. All right. Uh is that it for me? Well, we got to share. Do we want to do that as a handoff? Uh sure. Okay. Um <laughs> You seem caught off guard by your own movie. <laughs> well, do you want to take point on this? I could
1: do it.
4: Yeah. All right, let's do that.
1: All right. Because
0: I think you liked
4: it more than
1: I did. I, I loved it. Um, spoiler. Did Randy see this too? I loved it. Probably. Randy, but he'll, he'll let us know after the review. Yeah. Okay. Um, so again, I, I mentioned earlier that there's been a plethora of horror films coming out for tour season. That is uh, October, which, you know, I say that in a mean way. It's really an act. I, I'm welcoming. I hug everybody. Yeah. I know you're only here for a month, so let's have a good time. And on Friday, nine new movies came out. And um, a couple of the ones I wanted to see that I didn't, one of them was a, um, Terrell was telling me and Oksana, Oksana, she has a fear. And unless you've seen old isolations, which I'm not even (laughs) going to get into, uh, you might have learned with us that she does not like mannequins. And apparently there's a, a movie about a killer mannequin that appears to be ripping off the, um, angels from doctor who i get i i'd I know more about doctor who than i'd like to admit but um that looked good i wanted to watch it terrell hated it as a spoiler um totally killer which is a two hour long um slasher comedy that um i think comes from the creators of happy death day it's very in that vein there's time travel and they go to the 80s and Honestly, on paper, it sounds like I wouldn't like that movie, but uh, Dutch was talking about it, and Terrell told me about it, and it sounds actually pretty good. Is there any baby masks? Uh, No, actually, there's like a Ken doll-looking mask in that movie. Hey, Russ, hey Russ, you're Kenuff. What? I don't get it. Was that a Canadian joke? Kenuff. Oh, Kenuff. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. I watched Um, the trailer for
2: that one, by the way, and I was out. Yeah, you know, me too, but then uh,
1: Dutch and Terrell... Like Terrell was telling me about it. I'm like, I don't know, dude, two fucking hours of a happy death day. There's nothing I would rather avoid more. And then he showed me a trailer and I'm like, oh boy, the trailer's kind of winning me over. And then Dutch talked about it. I'm like, fuck, dude, I kind of want to watch it. Anyway, enough about the films I didn't watch. There are a couple I did. The main one that came out on, uh, I believe we watched it the Thursday it dropped, was VHS 85. Now this one had a buzz coming out of the film circuit, which means nothing. You know, I joke about October being tourist The season. festival circuit? Yeah. And the thing is, VHS as a franchise is a tourist fucking
0: what, trap. What? Uh, no, it's, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, why they still do these in festivals? The VHS? I think, well, I think it's part this of is the, like the- Also, is this the seventh one? It's the Because that was a thing. theme in the whole movie of like seven. So I no. didn't know if this was the seventh one. No. Which it may be because there's been a ton of these. No, it's the sixth. This is the sixth. Yeah. Why was there so much? It goes one, to seven?
1: two, three, or three is viral. And then we get into the weird um, uh, 94, 99, 85. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it might have been a coincidence. I'm not sure. Anthology production is always weird because you don't know if anybody's talking with each other, right? Like, uh, like if you get an ABC's of Death, people are handed five grand and they're like, make a movie with a letter attached. And it's kind of like, well, I hope we have variety and there's a good pace here. And then there never is. Um, with this one, though, I think the reason it would go to a film fest is it kind of is the way that you interact with film culture. And I think a lot of the people they wanted to get on board pay attention to what's a buzz at a film fest where like general audiences don't. So I think they're trying to get the whole Venn diagram of like the highbrow horror fan and the like streaming the the VOD warrior and i think they did a good job it seems to be received pretty well there are always going to be people who bitch about the format and it's like we're in the fucking sixth installment of an in-world camera franchise yeah. if you're here complaining about that you should have never came but we're glad. also you did. don't
0: watch viral
1: yeah viral unless it's on blu-ray and you get the the art house one that they cut out uh yeah don't do it even yeah, i've kind of softened on viral Why? as the years have gone on No, Just,
0: no then you watch the station really like, one again
1: i really liked... the uh, Bone Storm. Bone Storm's great. And I really like that. Uh, vir- you like viral. the penis monster. The wraparound is just god-awful. And the, it's fucking terrible. The magician the one of the worst. Um, the nacho one is, I'm 50-50 on it. I I like it more than I don't, so maybe 60-40. Anyway, VHS 85, unveiled through a made-for-TV documentary, five tales of found-footage horror emerge to take on viewers. On a ter- I, Man, it my soul was crushed halfway through that. <laughs> You, God, dude, you fucking IMDb, or whoever wrote that. The way you market this movie, because they're wrong, too. Everybody's like, oh, it's a taped-over documentary. What it feels like is somebody has turned on their TV, and if if you're old and you remember how VCRs work, when you would start recording, you would capture what's on television. What this feels like is that there's an editor, whom we, we don't discover in the film, who is kind of compiling these, like, I don't know, uh, Brutal videotapes that they have Somehow and On TV was a documentary That happened to be recorded over And um I really liked It I I told Clark as We started watching it I thought it was a little Bit cute up top and I, I Got defensive immediately Unfortunately there's a macho man Randy Savage impersonation that happens <laughs> Like two minutes in oh, And I was like Oh is this what we're doing Yeah if you know anything about how I deal with retro eighties horror, I kind of have grown to hate that neon saturated look because it wasn't the fucking eighties. It The eighties looked like fright night where it's a leftover of the seventies. There's like the fucking um, wall. What do they call it? Like wood tile. Like everything's kind of ugly. It's a lot of like bland colors and you know, they kind of nailed it in VHS 85 and that theme carries throughout the whole film. I don't think there's a bad short in this one. I really like the wraparound. And I think as far as the um, internal logic of the film, it's all solid. So I, I I am in that weird position where I want to give it like an 11 out of 12, but I'm this time I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to give it 12. I don't know what I would have wanted more from it. And if you're more into the, kind of horror forward fun VHS installments I think this one is, is going to be for you like if you like what 99 did but kind of wanted it to be a, like turn up the adult a little bit more like there's a lot of gun violence in this movie which you know if you're a horror fan that's not you don't usually root for some, a killer with a gun if they got a knife or a machete or an axe or a chainsaw that's a different story when you're shooting somebody it's not that fun yeah and you know I don't think this was that fun, but there there were some things in here that were a lot of fun. I don't know I really liked it, and I
0: don't know what more I'd want from it uh i would like more entertainment uh <laughs> yeah. that'd be nice <laughs> uh well a couple of these were um not great for me and which ones didn't you like well i i i didn't um i didn't enjoy uh uh mr derrickson's Oh, I like that one a the lot. The Closer. I like that one uh, too, yeah. Now, yeah. granted, I could probably do that as a, I, I was pretty busy with Cliff at the time. I was in and out. Yeah, you were in and out of the room a fair amount. I took, well, because I was getting bored. Let's be honest here. I don't uh, know. <laughs> the, these, these were getting a little rambly. Um, now, the one that I enjoy, can 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 you scroll down so we can get maybe the, the segment they, do,
1: they don't do that on IMDB. Um,
0: I could pull them up. If, no, again. They, they do it right there. Uh oh, they do. T k n o g d. That's the one I enjoyed the most. Yeah. Now this is the one. Too, yeah, that this was my favorite one, and it started out as my least favorite one because <laughs> I, I didn't understand what they were doing, like naming things with the, the iPhone or whatever. It was supposed to be eighty five. I I just didn't understand. IPhones. I just didn't understand what we were doing. Um, but I also I but I immediately understood what we were doing because she was in a small black box theater uh, with an audience of about 30 people. And unfortunately, that is a uh, scene that I'm all too familiar with. And so I was excited that, you know, um, we've got this young, attractive uh, black woman gets on stage uh, with a very uh, aggressive, militant uh, presence and presentation and starts talking about um, a lot of computer nonsense and virtual reality and basically takes us on a, a journey. Uh, we have a screen portraying what she can see inside of her little uh, VR world, uh, and it looks very Tron-like, uh, I guess would be a very crude way of trying to describe what we're seeing. You know, very 80s sort of, um, you know, digital landscape um, idea. And then a monster comes in to... Uh, to play, uh, which I quite enjoyed, um, how they how they digitally did the the monster within the sort of game universe because it never comes outside, but we just see the carnage of this poor lady uh, getting carved to pieces uh, by this invisible monster uh, from the outside, but we see her getting attacked in the inside of the game. So I thought it was invented. <laughs> I thought it was fun, and I thought uh, I, I just I, everything about that one was great, and especially the runtime. It knew exactly what it was. It didn't meander. This is what we're doing. We did it well. That was, I, and they put it in the middle of the movie. I liked its placement. I don't know. That was the one I, that's going to be my takeaway from this. Also, I will say, strong wraparound. You're right. I, this is one of the better wraparounds in the franchise.
4: It's the best.
0: I, 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 it's the best wraparound. Off the top of my head, I don't know if I know of one off the top of my head that would compete with it. Um, well, 99 didn't even really
1: have one. It was kind of just married on a tape. There was no real like. Well, 99 oh, no, they was had the, the reader. They had the. That um, was Jennifer Reader, right? No, that was, was at 94. That was 94. Oksana okay. 90, corrected me last time I said this. They did have the Army Man wraparound thing in 99. Yeah, we but, forgot it too. But
0: this is a very cohesive wraparound um, where it's, you know, a lot of wraparounds are sort of, you know, abstract kind of in a way.
1: In VHS,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah the honestly, first two like, some are like I, I don't even know kind of what we're doing. This is very clear, and it basically just kind of. My, my only complaint is that it does, for whatever reason, the first short then that we see where the water has some sort of magical powers well, don't ruin
1: everything. And yeah. that's why
0: that's all I'm saying <laughs> is like that one feels like it's part of the wraparound, but it's not part of the wraparound. I got confused with that one because I, I thought maybe we kind of go back to that story um, later on in the movie. Um, well, again, I think that's, again, they could have handled that better.
1: But I think that story did a clever kind of, um, I hate it when the anthologies do that too. When a story will have a callback, like, hey, we're returning to the story, but it's not the wraparound. Yeah. But that one had two different camera people. So, like somebody was filming, it's a different group in the beginning, and then at the end, it's a different group with a different cameraman. So I understand what they're doing in the context of a collector putting this all on one tape. Like it totally makes sense to me. Yeah. It's almost like WNUF two, where it's like, oh, we're gonna call back to this original thing because it aired later. But there's there's an issue in there. Yeah. That's the only it's very minor. That's why I didn't like. But um they kind of reveal
0: what was going on in a callback. That, oh, and then is out of place. the 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 gun militia one, that that was a zero for me. A a zero. No, I
1: recall being in the room and it didn't look like you were watching it at all. It was a zero. Yeah, it did
0: not ca- pique your interest. I'd say a point five, and the only reason why a point five is from that uh, weird guy, uh, that's the only interesting character on screen.
1: Again, um, that one I thought was one of the more interesting genre shorts because it's a perspective I hadn't seen before. And I liked that guy was great. That it, autistic but, weirdo.
0: I yeah, He was great. But I I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of tired of the whole like, I just didn't buy into it. I'm just like, we've seen this before. Are you sick of old white people with guns? It's, uh, just, like, I don't, it's just like, okay. Yeah, but cool. you know what? Now we see it from their side and, you know, uh, yay.
1: Yeah. So. I don't know. It, it was interesting. Randy, uh, what'd you think of that one?
2: I think I also didn't care for that one. I did like the Techno God, which I think uh is the one that Clark liked too, with the uh with the glove, the VR. Yeah. And uh I did like most of the Scott Derrickson one, Dream Kill.
1: Yeah, I like this uh they close out with Dream Kill and um I Throbbing Gristle. <laughs> what a good oh, yeah. choice in that. And Randy, did you catch the little homage to your uh, film favorite lady. in there? Because they were definitely doing Un Che Andalou. Oh, no.
2: I don't think so. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. The first kill, the way it was filmed, I'm like, oh, shit, what are we doing? And then uh, we immediately slit some eyeballs. And I'm like, oh, it's a dream. And it's like, oh, I mean, at that point, there's no reason to think that. And I was actually, I'm wrong. And then it, we come back around. It's like, oh, dude, I like that one. I like how he keeps working in like metal and goth kids into his, his <laughs> stories too. And also, that one gets a little John Wick at the end, which I uh, appreciated. But, um, you know, if I'm going to spend time talking to one, Techno God was great. That one, um, I got to tell y'all, I watched it with Terrell. And in the beginning, when she was kind of doing her beat poetry, like yeah. performance, and then it cuts to a video on stage, because she shows a video, Terrell went, oh, man, I was kind of into what she was saying. And that just really (laughs) struck me as like an important moment. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, because I honestly thought he was going to be getting bored right there because it is very paced. She's taking her time and doing it and it felt very like authentic.
0: So it sounds like you need to take uh, Terrell the more beat poetry slams.
1: (laughs) I mean, I can point him in the direction, but I don't know if I could be going. uh, Yeah.
2: The um, uh, director of that one did uh, Imitation Girl. That's correct.
1: And I remember yeah. looking that up and thinking, oh, I've fucking been in a room with her because she was at Puff for Imitation yeah. Girl. Yeah, and the um, lead actress of Imitation Girl is the lead actress from fucking, uh, what was that movie called? Citizen Kane. No. <laughs> Oksana, can you pull that immediately from your brain? Can oh, you Lauren Ashley solo? Carter?
2: Yeah. What yeah, the fuck Darwin? is that? Jug Face? Yeah.
1: Jug Face. There you go. Jug Face rules. I, in my head, Jug Head wants to come out all the yeah. time. Like, it's not fucking Jug Head. <laughs> he even rules. called me on that when we had him on here. Yeah, so VHS 85, I'm, I loved it. Uh, it's funny how the structure of an anthology will never change. I think you want to start off with a bang, which they did, uh, no pun intended. Then we move immediately into the foreign one where it's like, if we're going to put subtitles in front of them, we got to go quick.
0: Yeah. We didn't talk about that one. I we didn't that one. need to, I, you know what, <laughs> I it's liked just, it, but- it's just a little long. It was a little long. I really liked parts of it. I really did. Um, I like, I really, it, it, it's also probably the funniest to me. Well, I love
1: the, um, news anchor yelling at the mariachi band.
0: The news anchor that part was, was so great, good. but God, then we just linger in the rubble for so long and then we get to you know the fireworks i see that's where
1: whenever i'm talking about like theater uh screenings versus like at home i think that is the victim this one because i think if you're fully immersed in it that long take can be rewarding but if you're like there and you're in and out it's just it's a it's a fucking slog i just didn't understand what we were doing in in that whole thing i don't know um my problem with it, and again, it's not significant enough to hurt the, the rating, is why I feel like we're still trapped in that VHS 2 had a foreign film where there's a cult and then there's a big god at the end and it chases the people. Like, I feel like there's echoes of that in all of these movies. Like, I mean, I know we loved Ratma, but I'm like, Ratma, do we have to do one of those every time? And this one wasn't completely that. But so Ratma I'm okay. was cool. Also, um, I think it's important to note that that's the first segment in a VHS uh, movie that is based on a real event because in 1985, Mexico did have a brutal earthquake. So I don't know if you, if you want an IMDb trivia fact, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Well, we talked about all of them. What was the other one that we didn't mention? Uh, no, we, we covered the the magic water. Yeah, we're good. Um, Okay, yeah, I, I liked it. I highly recommend watching it. It's on Shudder, and I think you can find it on any other platform.
0: All right. Out of twelve, I'll give it. Sorry, I got caught on my seven point five. All right, so eight. Um, seven Randy,
2: points. what do you give it? I gotta uh be honest, I did fall asleep during that second <laughs> one for a little bit, but uh Oh but that's the foreign one, dude.
1: Come on, yeah. dude,
2: it's the foreign one. <laughs> It was I like re- it was like three p.m. on Saturday. I had like been up kind of early, and uh, I got real cozy on the couch and threw on VHS, and I got a little too cozy.
1: So <laughs> I watched it late when it came out, right, and um, it played well as a midnight movie. Then I watched it early with Clark, and I'm like, you know what? Played well as a Saturday morning movie too. Uh, maybe something's wrong with me, but I this I could throw that on as a feel good movie. Deeply enjoyed it.
0: Oxana, how many stars?
3: Um, I think I'd go like 10 or 11. You got to pick one. I'll go uh, 11.
1: All right. 1.83 thumbs.
3: Very nice. I also put in my story that I fell asleep on the first (laughs) watch. She did. Because I can't start a movie past 10 p.m. anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And I
3: was not the only one. So
0: I can
1: start a movie past 10 a.m. (laughs)
0: All
1: right. Well, thank you for passing me the baton, Clark. Um. Now we get into murky waters here. Okay. Um, up your engine. I don't know how to do this. I Many movies? I wrote oh, many God. movies. You um, got a number? Oh, God. You got to guess how many I watched? Oh, God. As Randy leaves the room. <laughs> he knows. He's, he's getting the rope ready. <laughs> he's like, today's <laughs> the day I exit the planet. You got, you got a number?
0: God, Three. It can't be over five.
1: I'll include VHS, so you know it's at least one. Four, four. All right. What do you got, Randy? Three. Three. Come on. Okay. Randy's guessing three. You're guessing four. Um. The number is thirteen. Jesus. I fuck. have thirteen movies. No, you don't. Um. So thank you for hanging out for our extra long October extravaganza. You're not doing this. <laughs> I'm not joking though. I do have thirteen movies. I'm gonna be really quick here. All right. Um. I like so it in your way. listener, Rich, uh, showed up. He brought gifts. He brought his nephew. Uh, They're fantastic. We let him into the house. Uh, and he was here for three nights. Because they are vampire. So they we vampir- we did vampir- have to invite them in. Yeah, they came with umbrellas and were like, dude, sorry, I kept you waiting outside. They were smoking by the time they got in. I actually but- never saw them in daylight. So. <laughs> they showed up. And Rich um, is a connoisseur of in-world camera cinema. And I think that's what attracted him to our offbeat show. <laughs> So he brought over a stack made to impress me. Also, I told him, if you're going to bring shit over and you want Jasadi, the east Bay cinematographer, to come over, you need to humble him. Because when I showed him Charlotte's Net, he was like, bro, I've seen all these clips before, which is disturbing. And Rich said, okay, I'll do it. So on, uh, I believe it started Sunday night after we recorded uh, last week's episode, we jumped into, uh, I'll be quick here, we watched Disinfo TV which is a TV show that was bought by, oh my God, I'm going to get this wrong. I believe it was the sci-fi channel, Sight Unseen. And it was kind of an offbeat um, outsider art TV show that parodies news. Um, So they got it, they bought it, and they watched the first episode and said, oh, we can't air this. Immediate. So first off, Rich brought a lot of 90s DVDs, which I think if we're looking at the cultural pendulum <laughs> The '90s were kind of uh, the pinnacle of edgelord, as we like to call it now, and we're we're on the backswing still. Oh man, we open up with a uh, a mixed bag. They they highlight some artists that I think I'm going to walk away remembering, just not their names clearly right now. And there was a a piece on um men living as women that I just don't think you could even dip your toe into the water today. Mm. And it was pretty interesting hearing them talk about it. And um, this show had the format of like taxicab confession. So it was, it felt like, oh shit, we could see anything here. Um, we might have to sit down and watch that Clark. There was only four episodes of it, but I think you dig it.
0: Was this the one that you couldn't figure out how to work the menu? Yeah. I put it in Xbox and it wouldn't work.
1: So I, I took out our Blu-ray um, region free player that's region locked in PAL right now and it worked fine. It's really weird. Interesting. Um, yeah, but the the show does a segment on Uncle Goddamn, which is an <laughs> I don't know if it's in-world camera or like found or home movie hell. I guess would be a appropriate genre for that. And I I had to watch it, so he brought it over. All right, I promise I'll move much quicker from. Well, actually, no, I want to spend time with the next movie. <laughs> the next movie. As we, we gathered around and we're like, what are we going to watch? He brought fucking literally like 22 movies and they kept pushing this one. And I'm like, you want to, you brought all these fucking horror movies and you want to make me watch a film called Dirty Sanchez. Oh boy. Now I'm surprised you had never heard of this. I, you know, I think in the back of my head, I had talked to uh, marbles, Madeline and other people who they like dimension extreme as a distribution. Yeah. And I remember seeing this put out by Dimension and thinking, why the fuck did they put a jackass ripoff out? And so he brought it over and he was pushing it. And I'm like, fine. You know what? Y'all came over. You, you brought gifts for it, everybody. Let's throw on the movie you want to watch. Man, I'm, I'm glad they, they twisted my arm here. Um, shout out to the Three Friends podcast. I know they're not around anymore, but uh, Mickey, the, the host, he is a local dude who had a pretty good knowledge of like CKY jackass. Like in in our weird culture, we had a, a homebrew company that came up that he would remember. I can't pull the name. And this is kind of the only, I don't know, exposure I ever had to it was like local stuff and jackass. I know there's the dude sins. There's like a culture of like, yeah. this movie... Again, Dirty Sanchez really made me reflect on what makes a jackass movie a jackass movie and what makes a near snuff self mutilation film uh, so distinct (laughs) and different. One, in Jackass, I think they're having fun. Uh, Again, a lot of it comes, it's boiled out of skate culture. And the thing about skating is to the outsiders, it looks like you're suicidal and you're doing this shit. And what's the point? You're going to get hurt. You can't make any money out of this. You're a loser. Put a shirt on. You know, like, that's kind of the outsider view. But on the inside, it's a lot of hanging out with your friends, your outsiders, but this is an art form. It's an art form that doesn't have a high entry level of, like, money. And, um, you know, there's a lot of challenges that you can overcome the harder you try, and some of them are fucking unbelievable. There is absolutely no element of that whatsoever in Dirty Sanchez. Dirty Sanchez is the horror movie of the jackass universe. Opening up, um, perfectly enough. God, it's so perfect. There's a group of friends. They have a fake wee man. I don't know how tall he is, but I feel like he's kind of trying to get in that dwarf territory. Yeah. He's short. I don't know. He He's not a wee man. Three dudes call him up. Again, these are all UK people. I think there's a distinction there. One of them's like from South Wales or something. They're like, oh, you're an outside. I don't know. I have no idea. South Wales? I don't know. I just made something up. Um, I apologize to the Liverpool Horror Club. I'm sure you guys would understand. Do you know where Wales is? The nuance. Uh, No, don't tell me. I think in the ocean. the (laughs) Pacific. So he's like, I don't want to hang out. So he goes to bed in an RV. And they're like, you know what? Fuck him. Let's wake him up. So they jump in a car. They drive off a cliff and drive immediately through the RV, which explodes. Watching this, you're like, oh, they're all dead. But, you know, like every Jackass movie, they always open up with a big bang. And uh, in this one, they all die, and they wake up before Satan, who has he, – he he's like got a gavel, and he's up there like the goddess cinema, and he's looking down at them. He's like, you are all the most foul people ever, and I punish you to live out the seven deadly sins all over the planet. So the context of this film, like the, the plot here is that they're going to travel all over the planet, and in each country, they're going to act out one of – like gluttony. Right. And it's like, this is, <laughs> this is so dumb. I was like, what, what does this have to do with anything? Who gives a fuck? And um, they go out and it kind of doesn't matter where they are. I mean, they kind of lean it. They go to Bangkok and they do a thing again. That just would not be OK by today's standard. But here's the challenge. They go to a Bangkok strip club. They get on stage and it's like you have to make you have to pick the one that's actually a girl and make out with them. The joke is none of them. All of them have penises. That's the joke. Amen. So again, I have to mention it. One dude makes, he goes tongue. He's sure. That's a that's a woman. So he goes tongue first. Um, the way that they reveal that they're uh, carrying a, a gun is that they pull it out of their pants. Upon seeing the reveal, the dude goes, dude, what the fuck? I have a wife and kid at home. Where I'm like, wait, so it would have been okay if it was a girl? I don't <laughs> yeah. understand that. Anyway, that's probably the most tame. Uh, the other stunts involve um, one time, I think they were in Japan, the, little, the fake wee man is wasted off his ass, gets a katana, and is going to cut somebody's pinky in half by putting it on the table and swinging it. So this is a point where MTV, because it's MTV in another country, the producers stepped in and said, we can't let you do this. What they did let them do is they found an illegal surgeon in Bangkok, who was gonna perform liposuction on the wee man without anesthetic? This is the fucking prank. And it's like, oh, dude. so all three dudes are behind a cloth curtain going. <laughs> the they're point. like, dude, this is gonna be awesome. He's gonna get it. And then, so the the doctor comes out with a giant fucking doctor giggles needle, and they're like, oh fuck, look at the needle. It's so big. And he pokes him in the side, and he pulls. And the, the little wee man guys going, oh, whoa, well, whoa, well. I think his name's Poncho. <laughs> poncho's like oh oh fuck man it's a big needle and then he pulls it out and they're, they're like hey he's done he's done and they all start cheering and the doctor's like no, no i just begin <laughs> he comes back with a double triple the size comical needle that's actually a fucking tube that he injects deep into his stomach and it's like you're sitting there as an audience member you're like can i even fucking watch this legally what are we doing he well he's Performing liposuction while three friends are laughing and there's no anesthetic. This little dude, give him a fucking Tetris medal. (laughs) I have to say that this movie gets so dark and the things they do are so brutal that it's kind of interesting that there are moments caught on camera where they're pumping each other up and here's what they tell each other. Dude, the prank isn't the hard part. It's the buildup. Just get past the anticipation. You can do it. You can do and it's kind of heartwarming. You're like, hey, they're they're in it for each other. Except <laughs> then, you know, the, the stunt they're pumping each other up to do is vile. I I think they may have become cannibal, they may have broken some cannibalism laws in this movie. So when the pinky actually get got cut, so it didn't get completely severed in half. They pulled out a um cigar cutter. cutter. Yeah. And a homie put the tip of his pinky Eh, in there and eh, and ah. hit it with a rubber mallet. ah, That's eh, the stunt. eh, Good job, guys. eh, Like, eh, high five. That is not what Jackass is doing. So I feel a need to defend them. But So here's what happens. The pinky tip comes off. And one of the other guy goes, oh, I'm going to eat it. So he jumps over and goes, I'm going to eat it, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. And they're like, dude, don't, what are you doing? And he puts in his mouth and goes, oh, it's disgusting, it's disgusting. And it's like, <laughs> so there's, there's these Japanese dudes.
0: And Ready? can we isolate that, please?
1: So there's this Japanese group that's doing like jackass shit too. And they're doing all this weird kind of juggling shit. It's kind of interesting and cool. And then the Dirty Sanchez boys come in. Do you want to know what they do?
5: Mm.
1: A beer enema. So they take this again. This can kill you. They put a fucking funnel in one of their butts, pour a bunch of beer in there. Right. Uh, Whatever. We've seen that before. I think Howard Stern did that. Well, what they didn't do is blast the beer back into a pint and then have somebody immediately drink it. So the, the Japanese group that does the jackass shit they were immediately turned off by this and started puking and retching. And then they're like, hey, do you think we could do a collab in the future? And they just said, no. <laughs> they said, no. Uh, again, I don't know. I'm probably turning everybody off by this. But if you're into extreme shit, but you want it to have uh, giggles in between. Extreme giggles. Out here, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ruin the big one for you. This was the big one for me. It's not even what they end the fucking movie with. But the lipo... So the doctor shows them what it looks like in a jar. There's a first, there's a layer of blood at the bottom. And then there's a layer of what looks like heavy whipping cream with a little bit of red tint. Sure. So like, yeah, but we're going to keep it. And it's like, what are they going to do with this? Well, (laughs) I'm sure you can imagine they're going to dare somebody to drink it. So uh, part of the dare that you probably didn't imagine was that they were forcing him to swallow it. And he did. Not after uh, puking it back up. And then drinking it again. This it's incredibly vile. And I'm not even sure these people are really friends. And everything is pain related. Really, it's brutal. Again, Dirty Sanchez. You'd think with a fun name like that, <laughs> we wouldn't go right to like cut your finger off. See,
0: this is the thing. See what I would have done. So wait,
1: so have you seen it? Because you knew what it was.
0: I knew what it was. I don't know. Does any of that ring a bell? It does ring a bell. But see, they had other stuff. Like, they had a show, right? They had a show that was also brutal, though. I I remember the show. I don't know if I saw this movie because I don't think that I was, like, on board for their whole thing.
1: The show had a lot of male nudity. Because it felt like... And a lot of, like, hammering... Yeah, it's...
0: I don't know. I I felt like at the time it was, like, a a a line in the sand of, like, this and jackass. And I, and, very I always, different. and I was and I, yes, but like I was always team jackass. And I was like, I don't know who these dude, jackassholes are.
1: It's the dark side of jackass. Mimicking my, my <laughs> jackass
0: thing. But There's, yeah, no, I remember, and I remember, yeah, I remember that cover very clearly, uh, you know, from my video store days. Dude, um, one of, one of the pranks. And, yeah, dude, Dimension extreme. One of the
1: pranks, like hurt emotionally. There was a dude who wanted to be in the Guinness Book of World Records so bad, right? Like, really bad. So they found a, a, a record he could break, which is being shot with a paintball gun within, like, 10 feet or something 108 times. That's a lot. And it's brutal. And it's also not a record. The dude <laughs> made it up. and they. And, but here's the problem. At the end of it, the dude started crying. He called his mom and said, Mom, I made it into the Guinness Book of World Records. And it's like, then the guys turned together like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck like we're gonna have to tell him it's like not (laughs) not a thing this movie's brutal emotionally and physically so that's what we kicked it off with an episode of disinfo tv oh and one more fun fact here's here's your imdb trivia uh fact for this movie harvey weinstein bought it he bought the rights to the film so he could bury it because he was worried that they would compete with Jackass. So, if you're wondering why the Dirty Sanchez boys never made it onto MTV or MTV2, it's because of our good old friend, Harvey Weinstein. Uncle Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Okay. So, uh, you know, the next one is one I actually wanted to talk about too. Um, it's an in world camera film called Slashers from oh, 2001. Boy. Now, if you are a that, hardcore. That's a poster. If you're a hardcore overlooked Theater fan, 10 years ago, almost to the date, we reviewed this movie. Not very, we, we didn't love it. My sister who wrote under the, the, uh, the alias of Bookworm gave it five stars. Everybody else gave it three. And Rich was like, dude, I think you really got to rewatch it. Now the idea, let me read from here. A modern 80s slasher in which six lucky contestants appear on a game show where they will face the slashers. In-house homicidal maniacs to win a million dollars. The idea here is that you would volunteer for a show, a la like Running Man, and you have to survive being locked in what is clearly a paintball arena and uh not die. The th- the reason I think this movie is so good now and so important is the the attention they paid to the format. If we're talking in world camera, it's important that there's only one cameraman. And the contestants note like, hey, dude, if the cameraman's following you, that's a bad sign because they're not going to kill you off camera. Clearly, people don't like that. They also play into like women um, running around in their bras like, hey, that might help you live longer. If you're eye candy, production's not going to want to knock you off. Also, if you're a fan of Battle Royale, they have a uh, shot colors on and they don't really use them much, except if you try to fuck with the cameraman. They're like, you're not fucking up the show or if you try to do something during a commercial break. So even though the acting here feels a little bit like stage play, which normally I really hate the film and the execution and the fact that it's like an indie, it's a Canadian production in Japan. Every, dude, this one, I, I really, really like it. Um, I'm glad I revisited it. And I think it's getting a Blu-ray release either this month or next month. So the timing, the star is really aligned here. Um, I highly recommend that. Also, later on in this two, three-day marathon, we watched the director's next film, End of the Line. I'm just going to say I highly recommend that. Um, very cobweb-esque genre play here. From Everything from the poster to the way that the movie unfolds is kind of, it's keeping you on your toes, and it does a, another great job of um, just doing, like, interesting genre work. Uh, I did skip ahead there. We closed out Sunday, or er, Fuck. Slashers was Saturday morning. Then we rolled into a thing called Backyard Wrestling Unleashed Volume 6, which I mostly skipped through because it was an arena event. And I'm like, this isn't even in a fucking backyard. Well, here's the thing. When you're skipping through it, they have the uh, bonus features, which is what I wanted, which is a dude with a shoulder, (laughs) with a mini DV in his mom's front room. Filming his friends doing backyard wrestling, like lighting a fire in the house. Oh boy! Just put that on a fucking DVD. The whole, <laughs> the whole volume six only had two moments like that. And that's all we watched. So I can't really recommend it. Um, then we moved into brutal in-world camera film called Celluloid Nightmares. Or you might know it as uh, Mizumi. Mizum? Oh, sure. I'm a Mizumi guy. Uh this one, you know what, let me pull it up on IMDb. I'm sure they fucked up the synopsis here. But this is this is the movie that Rich brought to scare Jasadi. And Oh boy. Uh, you know, uh, next time we do Horror Boner or something, I'll let him say why, but here here we go. We pull it up here. Celluloid Nightmares. Um, a female reporter researches underground sex films, stumbles across a snuff film, and her further investigation causes the filmmakers to take action against her. So we're doing a little bit of Noroi. Like we're we're in documentary territory. It's a faux doc. Is this uh, Japanese or Korean? Japanese. And the thing here is when you add in like porn actresses into a movie, I feel like you really are doubling down on the immersion. Because there's something about a woman who's like been in porn that you're like, well, she's not faking it. Like there's some part of this is clearly like real. And that really plays into the third act here. Uh, this movie does get a little gruesome. I'll tell you right now, this is going to be a weird thing. And I hope it makes you intrigued. But this is the rare gore film that I think women are going to have an advantage here. And they're going to kind of look at the dudes they're watching it with and be like, really? That got you? Which... um, Saw blood? Which me and Oksana looked at each other and then looked at uh, Jasadi. And Jasadi was like crumbled up in his goddamn seat. Going, oh, bro, bro. So... Again, I'm you know, I'm not going to put words in his mouth here, but uh, Celluloid Nightmares is a 60-minute feature, too, which, man, you know, I fucking love found footage movies yeah. and their willingness to be short. Just, you know, live the life you need, except for VHS 85, uh, if you're Clark. Um, Thank you. Then we closed out the night. Again, we had been drinking, uh, I don't know
0: about heavily, but, like, quantity over quality here. Well, so I, I, I'm i sorry. I want to poke around with Celluloid Nightmares. Yeah, night anytime
1: night. you want to jump in. Go ahead.
0: Um. So mission was accomplished and uh, shocking Jasadi here. I I was a little drunk here and I had a
1: good time. I think it was just a good movie. Jasadi got creeped. It got him.
0: So what's it? It's just brutal. It's like a fake snuff. You
1: know, I don't want to. We get into the. So uh, God, without I mean, clearly the synopsis here is hinting that you know the best reporters are pretty girls. And her digging deep into this area where she stumbles upon a snuff film, she kind of ends up on the other end of the camera. And the stuff they did to her kind of got just soddy.
4: Okay. Yeah.
1: Without, I mean, I don't want to ruin it. This movie's kind of got like that infamy about it where people mm-hmm. are like, oh shit, celluloid nightmare. And I mean, you know, I don't know. I just think if you're a little bit more in tune with your uh, feminine side, it's just not going to affect you the way that it would. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other questions about that one? No, I mean, it sounds like I it, can tell you after. I just don't want to ruin it. It on sounds
0: here. like you're just painting Jasadi as a misogynist You know, you I know, don't want I mean. to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I had the fear of that too, and I don't mean Jasadi is very kind. He's got gentle hands, a, a great hug. That's so why I do it often. Yes. Um, and he's definitely not. But Oksana am I doing this right? Do you
4: help me out here? I feel like I'm drowning. <laughs>
3: Um, I agree. He was, like, uh, weirdly triggered by it. I don't know. I I, I don't want to... It either, I guess.
1: Yeah, okay. But how, did it affect you in any way?
3: I enjoyed the movie. I mean, some parts of it did, but definitely not the same way. Okay. This
1: is
0: a Saturday okay. afternoon. Watch it. it's it's having a cup not. of tea for
1: her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is... She could have edited true. this movie. Hey, he
3: Re- just thought he saw all of Charlotte's Net, too. I mean, he didn't... He had no reaction to yeah, that. Yeah, but, you know, he... He, he didn't he see it frame
1: by frame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rich loves to point that out, and you know He's I don't. Going to raise in Oakland. I don't think I did a great job of it either. But earlier in the, Oksana's editing career, she didn't. Um, we weren't using After Effects or anything, and we didn't really utilize keyframes. So again, when she edited that movie, it was frame by frame. All right, that uh, then we moved into the final feature of the night, Black Ass Two. If you don't know what that is, <laughs> it's because you're not aware of the Jackass culture out here in the Bay Area. Black Ass is a um, <laughs> Well, it's black ass. It's jackass, but it's that. And it's a dude out in Berkeley area. A lot of this movie was filmed in Telegraph. And he's just doing his thing. I would talk more about it, but I fell asleep during it. And I don't blame the movie. I blame the alcohol. Also, I think it was like fucking two in the morning. But good lord, one of the, one of the, one of the skits he did was he uh, dressed up like a construction worker and took a stop sign out into an uh, intersection in Oakland and just stopped traffic. And then walked up to cars and was like, hey, what's up? What's up, man? Where are you going? And like talk to them. It was a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what the fuck? But Jasadi kept saying, you don't realize this motherfucker knows everybody. So a lot of people, like if you're going down the street and he's shirtless with nunchucks on the road in front of Amoeba and, uh, on Telegraph, you know, oh, okay, he's out there doing his thing.
0: Sure. You know, I would say that the equivalency of that, um, where I grew up in my small town of Hazelhurst, Mississippi. Uh, we had a lovable crackhead. Oh, okay. Uh named Slap Happy. Oh, tight. Now everybody everybody knew Slap Happy because he was Slap if you ran into Slap Happy, you if you were having a bad day, you ran into Slap Happy, you're having a good day.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Just the nicest man will talk to anybody in the world. And uh the happiest, you know, crack baby you ever saw. Oh God. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Uh Slap Happy won a car. Won a car? He won a Nissan Altima um, at a raffle, I think at the Walmart. He won a car, and that was the big news in the town. Like the at sla- the Walmart. That Slap Happy won a car. And, uh, yeah, I, he won that car about 25 years ago, and I think he's still driving it. He think he's uh, still going. Oh, he kept it. Oh, yeah. Oh. Slap Happy drives, baby. Interesting. Slap happy. Slap Happy's is our black ass. We'll yeah. see you next week.
1: Also, a friend of R.L. Stein who named his uh, dummy after him. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Saturday, uh, wait, no, fuck, we're on Tuesday morning here. Again, Rich came out with the, um, the goal of watching a live recording of Blu-ray Tuesday, which is its own fucking story I'm not going to get into. Um, but again, for the Patreon. episode 100 is up, and I recommend you go watch it. It's short, too. A great introduction episode. And he's doing a giveaway. So if you want to get a bunch, again. Is Trill, he giving away a Nissan Altima? Well, maybe. <laughs> you want your own crackhead car? Uh, watch uh, Blu-ray Tuesday, 100. Um, yeah, so on Tuesday morning, I, I still had shit to do. And I told them they had to check out of the hotel. So I'm like, you all can come over early. Came over, immediately wanted to watch it. I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta edit a video. I got to do some stuff. And I'll come join you. I said, also today, I want to show you guys something you haven't seen. So I made I mentioned a bunch of shit. I'm like, all right, we'll come back, we'll watch one of those. Came back down when I was done, and they were in they had, they were kind of in the middle of watching one I recommended. I'm like, you fucking assholes! They threw on asshole, the movie I've been trying to get Clark to watch forever. That's right, the Peter Vack directed and uh, written film. Again, I'm not going to go too much into this. I'll let you know it's got uh, Betsy Brown in it. You know she's willing. She'll. You never know what you're going to get out of one of those movies, but this fucking film has got a, uh, a three act structure, much like cobweb. It's going to keep you on your toes. There's a segment in here that is very fat Tuesday, except in fucking the streets of New York that I absolutely love. Um, It's got a little bit of that nineties. Oh shit. This aged in a rotten way. And it's beautiful. It's fucking lowbrow, shot. Beautifully. With, with a message in there, or, you know, not a message, but just exploring assholes in New York, which is the thing I love to do.
0: You like, uh, that is one thing is that you, you do have an appreciation and, uh, you have a good eye for low, low brow, highbrow. Yeah, dude. Well, I think that's the Q
1: zone that, um, really makes up the center of our, all three of our Venn diagrams. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Randy, you like that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have you seen assholes? No, I know of it though. I should. All right. Yeah, y'all should watch it. I um, I was bummed, man, because I'm like, I've been bugging Clark to watch this for so long, and then they were just, I'm like, oh, you fucking dicks! They movie cucked me. I there you it. go. The, those fools. Congratulations, y'all you, did what Clark had been trying. Do for. you have it? I do. I have a vinegar syndrome release. Oh, much like Randy's earlier at the beginning of this episode. Fucking beautiful release for this movie. Fair yeah, I mean, questionable. Um, then we rolled into a movie. Then we rolled into End of the Line again from the director of slashers. After that one, um, again, some of y'all that have reached out in the past, you maybe you'll be a little bit happy that I've finally been introduced to Necrostorm. Necrostorm, of course, is a production company that does uh, indie releases of high gore films, and they also appreciate a sixty-minute runtime. As we move into Sweet 313. Not um Tokyo. What were the name of the what's the name of the franchise everybody's trying to get me to watch? Tokyo Inferno, or can you look that up, Oksana?
3: Hotel Inferno?
1: Hotel Inferno. I know, and I want to get them, and I promise you I will watch them. And uh Rich did the Lord's work of showing me Suite 313. This is a in-world camera. It's hybrid, maybe. This one's really weird. It's a POV film. Think um wraparound of the fear footage. Like it's a cop. It feels like a body cam except that it isn't a body cam. I think somebody might just be following them closely as we get a couple of third person shots. It's really weird. It actually kind of feels like the spirit leaving the body kind of camera work. It's strange, but we move into a house and it's an apartment and it is, I don't know, sharing its space with hell as like demons are in here. It's very surreal. It's, it's a fantastic, uh, I'm guessing micro budget film. There's a lot of editing tricks put in here. There's a lot of gore put in here and there's not a single talking head on camera, but we have no a, David, Byrne. no David Byrne. We have a lot of dialogue all delivered through VO, which opens up an interesting market of now we can distribute, distribute this movie anywhere. And if you look on the, the copy that Rich brought, there are five different language options, and it's like, why wouldn't you just hire somebody to VO the movie, and you could release it anywhere, and it would feel totally like a, I don't know, like a homegrown movie. I'm super interested in checking out their catalog. Against Necrostorm, uh, just go to their website if you want to look at their stuff. I'll uh, be visiting more of it in the future. And then we went to another found footage movie: this is The Last of the Rich. The, you know, God, I should have had David Lynch do the intro there, but. I think he already flew home. Um, 2010's recut, following the discovery of the murder of two twin girls in their family's barn, a former reality TV star is dispatched by a TV news station to uncover the mystery behind their gruesome deaths. If you like um, the lost footage of Leah Sullivan, this film's not quite there, but it's it's right in that wheelhouse. It's a well edited, well performed, um, perfectly produced found footage movie. The problem here. Which I'll tr- we kind of touch on in our interview this Thursday with um with Chris is the problem with like shock content like shock content kind of trumps everything and this movie did the reverse like they kind of tease like if you look at the fucking cover recut it it's looks a good cover yeah dude it looks like we're getting into some Fogel territory and um, autumn underground and August August <laughs> wrong month <laughs> <laughs> autumn not a month not a month. <laughs> not a month. Thank you. Oksana, you want to go ahead and correct me there too? Uh, Again, I told you I'm new to the calendar. I'm trying to figure out these ancient ways of keeping time. Um, Recut it. They tease it and they don't deliver there. And then they do the thing that kills me the most. It's like there's there's a moment where people probably should have been stripped down against their will. And I'm referring to a dude too. And they don't do it. And it's like then when they do do it, they don't show it. And it's like if you're here filming the mutilation and murder of somebody you think you'd want to film it not like get a weird shot of the ground or something and it's just it ruins immersion in a kind of like Sophie's choice kind of way you're like I don't know do we really need to see it happen it's like we kind of do if you want me to enjoy this movie even though I know I wouldn't enjoy it anyway recut it is good so if you're hard up for found footage check that one out um then (laughs) again two movies left I watched The Exorcist. Randy, do we want to talk much about this?
2: <laughs> I didn't care for it. I, that you much. know, <laughs>
1: here's, here's the thing. I saw it. We went to the theater. I saw it with my mom, who, you know, if you have a parent who saw The Exorcist, they always have stories to tell about how it changed everything and everybody was oh, terrified yeah. that of was it. It
0: was an important movie of its day. My mom
1: had a good story, though, and I was like, oh, I'm so, was this like your theatrical experience? She's like, I never saw it in the theater. And she's like, but when I was first dating your dad, I, uh, you know, he he would be like, let's go watch it. She's like, I don't want to watch it. That movie scares me. And he was like, come on, you like horror movies. Let's watch it. And eventually she gave in. And when they watched the movie, she knew the movie word for word. And he was like, what the hell? I thought you were scared of this movie. She's like, I am. I'm terrified. But this is the lady who raised me, if that means anything. She said, we like to be terrified. I'm just chasing the dragon much harder than she is. This movie didn't do it. Um, this movie's got the kind of like highbrow aesthetic that you would think from uh, Gordon Green. It opens up really strong too. Again, with another earthquake, like we're getting in some VHS territory. I, I kind of
2: hated the earthquake. I thought it looked terrible. It did. It kind of looked like the nun too. I was kind of out what I was from thinking. the beginning of this movie because of that. Okay. Yeah. And I understand that. What about before that? Like, you, I mean, you know, it's pretty early on still.
1: Well, I mean, before it, we had a lot of like, I, I'm trying to think it's like the filmification of a genre movie where they're like, this can be highbrow." The problem is that the first movie was really beautifully shot too. And it was in another country and we did all the Pazuzu shit. And then this one, it, man, it's just got no oomph in it. Like it's, it's okay. And I, I feel a little betrayed here because the two girls being possessed as a genre fan. How many cups? <laughs>
4: Good question, dude. <laughs>
1: You know, I, I'm like, what are we going to do here? This opens up a whole new avenue. Nobody else has ever thought of this. And they don't fucking explore it at all. There's a moment where like a Karen turns into a hero and I kind of appreciated it. I got a little bit of the like, ooh, shit, like going through me. But overall, I'm going to forget this movie was a thing. And I'm really confused about it turning into a trilogy.
0: Like I'm really confused about that. Why are you confused? A trilogy is three movies, and this is the first one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you should watch it, and then you'll be confused too. <laughs> was, yeah. Right, okay. Randy. Like, how it didn't yeah. set up for a trilogy? There's no momentum. There's none, and it's kind of we're just like, wait, we're gonna do two. Like, I yeah, I, it's confusing. Um, and again, you know, I put on I put on Letterbox like I think people are gonna come out extra mean against it, and I'm talking about genre fans. And it's because I think we were betrayed here. But as far as the movie, man, it's fine. But it's fucking it's mall fodder like it's you watch it and you're there and it happens. And it wasn't terrible enough to have fun and it wasn't good enough to remember. (laughs) It was kind of it's kind of a bummer. Honestly, I really wanted to have this great moment. We had a bunch of people come out, a bunch of people who don't normally go to the theater with us. Did my mom came out and I was like, so underwhelming. And I even like the poster art. They did the horizontal on a vertical poster. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Oh, man, just it didn't do it for me. I like me. the trailer. And people fucking hate it. I know. Which I'm kind of like, I want to defend it, but should I watch it? There's not a lot there to defend. No, there's other there's so many movies. And you know what? I thought a lot about this, and the last movie I'm gonna mention, I actually liked a lot more than The Exorcist Trail, Don't Be Too Mad at Me. But it's Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Hey you want to talk about this movie. <laughs> Again, you am not a fan. No. And it's the sequel to the remake. Yeah. The 2019 one, which is a red flag already. But again, we're this a genre film thing that I'm so fucking tired of talking about, but it's my own fault. The thing here that I love is they give a little insight into the zombie like people that come back out of the ground after you bury them and their motivations, which is a weird thing to ask for. But they do a good job, and by the end of this, I'm like, oh, okay, I understand. You've informed all the other movies in a way that I didn't know was possible. And I'll go ahead and spoil that for you here. Again, this is a prequel, so it's get ready for fucking Creedence Clearwater to open up the movie. Oh, what song? Take a guess. Fortunate Son. I think you're right, but I... Oh, do we start in Vietnam? It's well because it's a prequel. People are going to and coming back from Vietnam.
0: Oh my! I
1: just wrote the movie. We can't get away from this shit. And Oxana was like, "I thought Mama and the Papas was the band." And I'm like, "That's what I would prefer." Oh my! All right, both of you need a timeout. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never disparage Critics Clearwater. In my I cousins.
1: like them, but I'm fucking. T- Didn't the Conjuring do this? Like, open up with everything the
0: has like- a- ever opened- if 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 there is reference to Vietnam, it's going to be like one of two songs. It's going to be "Fortunate Son." You know the other one? What? "Buffalo Springfield."
1: Okay, yeah, I There's couldn't. Something happened in. Oh yeah, yeah, it wasn't that one. Um, so we and we're getting into like the typical territory. It's like, oh, I've come back from war, but I'm different. And you know that really ties in well with like zombies and the undead because they lost something out there. They went away and came back, and we don't really dwell there too much. And the only takeaway that I, I I left this movie with is that the pit, they do a good job of Ooh, ampl- Clark. they ampl- they amplify the power of the pit. Power uh- <laughs> uh, of the pit. And it's funny because Terrell's like, wait, the pit came from here. And I'm like, no, dude, it came from like prey time. And prey, I was referring to the prequel Predator movie, <laughs> which is like the early 1600s, which I felt very proud when we uh, flashback to the early 1600s. And I'm like, yep, I told you it was prey time. Nailed it. And um, early settlers, I guess, discover the evil of the pit. And uh, I like the world building they did there. But they also talk about how the pit is demanding death. It wants death to come to it. So the reason you can bury somebody there and they come back and try to kill people on a, in an exponential fashion. Like when they first come out, they're not really into murder. They're kind of like, oh, what's going on, dude? <laughs> Why am I back here? And they're like, yeah, maybe we can make out and be happy that I'm back. And then they start getting a little, like, too kinky and they're they're clawing at your neck or they're maybe they bit your earlobe off. And you're hey, like, whoa. Mike Tyson. You're like, hey, I know we can get hot and heavy, but uh, what are you doing? And then they, you know, they try and kill you. And then they keep trying to kill. This movie, <laughs> it explains- Sounds like Randy on Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, it describes that the pit gives them the power to return to life only to bring more death to it. So it tries to kill people and then bring them to the pit in and in turn, create more zombie death slaves. I, that was so cool to me that I'll probably remember it forever. The rest of the movie, you can take it or leave it. I will say that people get murdered in this film, which doesn't happen in the exorcist. There was one kind of comical kill in the new Like it just felt so out of place. You know, I'll go go ahead and say it. There's a um, there's a father that uh not of children, of but you know of of religion, and he comes ah. in and they twist his head gets turned completely around and he dies. He does the owl. It, he does the <laughs> owl, and um, dude just felt out of place. We're like, what are we doing? here? Did it looked cool. It looked like it belonged in like the thing or something. Like it was a little too special effects. It was weird.
0: I, I know when things, yeah, because sometimes it's. The tone was right. off guard. Yeah, yeah. The
1: tone wasn't right. Yeah, man. I really, I wish I could defend that movie, but I'm kind of like it's whatever. So yeah, Pet Cemetery, um, bloodlines is on what, who, you know Paramount plus. So if you got Ooh. that right, weird, it's fucking weird that it was on there, but, um, it's there and it, it was okay. Uh, and that's it. I think I went through all 13. If you need a list, I did make a list on letterbox. Did you check the, it twice? For the a few times, actually tried to review all the ones that I watched completely. Um, if you want to see that list, it's on Letterbox. Uh, and then, yeah.
0: All right. Well, we did it. We made the whole episode. Congratulations on your 13 movies. I'm tired. You should be.
1: It's an unlucky number. You did a
0: good job. And this week, Friday the 13th. Remember, check out Glorial. Uh, and I also want to uh, clue in our listeners that uh, this episode was uh, completely done on a recently burned XLR cable. Um, <laughs> we, we made it through the episode uh, just prior to recording. Um, I was talking to Randy, and uh, I was adjusting the XLR cable, but was not uh, noticing the path thereof, and it landed right on the flame of my current um, Trader Joe's peach black tea <laughs> scented candle. And uh, I, I noticed a, a scent that did not smell like peach black tea, and it was in fact the smell of burning canvas
5: <laughs>
0: and plastic. Hey, it held up. A sort of it did. It did. I don't. I, I don't even see any exposed wires here. Um, I think we did a pretty good job. So uh, shout out to uh, the XLR cable company we really need to get new hardware like this is all the original shit from well, this is the smallest cable in the history of cables. i know and it's not convenient it's not like it's a- so <laughs> it's it, it holds me back brother Bro, yeah for real all right we did it. uh randy my friend colleague uh-huh
4: <laughs> he's worried you should be randy
2: go ahead and uh take us home randy Yeah, you know, we uh, run a little late on on this episode here today, and we run a little late on Thursday, but they're both great episodes. Check them out. (laughs) Listen to the Vinyl 4. We won't be uh, releasing episodes for a couple weeks, uh, just due to some things that uh, came up in Christian's life, and then also I'm going to be in San Francisco for one of the days that we usually record, and we're out of banked recordings, and neither of us... (laughs) Uh, Really care to take breaks, so uh, we're going to take a little break. But we'll be back shortly.
1: Record one over here. We got two record players. That's
0: right. Yeah, we
2: We don't
1: need fucking Christian. Yeah,
0: that's right. We're taking over.
2: We're going to talk about
1: carpet floor. floor. (laughs) We we don't actually have a vinyl floor though.
0: Or wait, no, we do.
1: We could do it. We could do it.
0: Oh yeah, we're only going to talk about comedy albums from the nineteen (laughs) sixties. That's my Q zone, baby. All right. We're you got any more
2: Allen? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Statt. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oxana again next time. Bye.